Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Zinger Nation Power Hour, where we give you the rundown on the hottest trades and stock ideas. For the best experience and most up-to-date information, tune in live on the Benzinga YouTube channel weekdays at noon. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Guys, it is Drew and Luke today. We're going to be talking about a lot of stocks. We had a lot of special guests. I'm so excited Luke brought me on. It's just going to be a great show in general. So, um, oh, you had it for a second there. Hold on. Okay, keep going. There you go. There you go. Wait, it sounds fixed or no? I still fixed. hear myself twice. That's not good. No, not good at all. All right, keep going. All righty. Well, market is starting to come back. I think a lot of portfolios are starting to creep back into the green for the year. Guys, comment a one if you are up on the year. Comment a two if you are down on the year. I'm really interested to see if people are up now or if people are down. A lot of stocks have been hit so hard. You know, we've seen a lot of stocks dropping. 30%, 20%, 30%, 20%, some even 10 I mean, it's been a wild start of 2021, but things are already starting to come back. Things are starting to look strong. Uh, a few stocks in my portfolio are starting to make some really big moves back into the green. Look at SPY today up 1.35%. Yeah, here's the year to date. I mean, we, we, we spent two weeks in like freak out mode, right? And guys, t- tell me still if my if my audio is screwy. We spent like two weeks in freak out mode and, and we, we, we were worried uh and now we're back to the all-time highs H- how are you handling it drew i, I want to get get your take yeah so i'm i did not change anything in my personal portfolio i i just chilled there you know i i do have some money i was thinking about adding more money into my account um but unfortunately the money was a little bit too tied up i tried to get it 
Um, but I wanted to add to my positions. I did. And I'm just chilling right now. I got a lot of, you know, tech that was maybe a little bit um, overvalued. Some would say, Palantir, right? It hit 45. Right now it's around 26. You know, that's a big stock of mine. End phase energy, a stock I really like as well. That stock was trading upwards of 200. And now it's down quite a bit. So, you know, I see some positive. I see some negative, you know. But overall, these are good stocks that, you know, maybe on the year to date, they're actually still negative. But I don't know. We'll see how things go. I, I mean, they have a little bit of a wild valuation. So with interest rates maybe coming up, you know, they might do a little bit um, bad in the short term, but I'm still holding them for the long. How about your portfolio, Luke? So, yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, I'm I'm rip roaring, guys. So so here's the live portfolio that we look at every single day, right? My my real interactive brokers account that you know we're we're making all these trades in together. I mean, I have let's see, one. We, we're not going to throw out warrants and options. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I have eight stocks that are up more than 5% today. So so I'm back to all-time highs. That said, I'm still much more conservative than I was three weeks ago. Um, I, I'm still holding SPY puts. I've got about half of my portfolio is hedged at SPY puts. About, you know, it would take about a 10% market downturn, and, and then I'd be fully hedged on half of it. Uh, and I also rotated a lot of stocks. Um, so So – you know, I went from like, like, I don't know, I don't want to call them low quality stocks, right? That's sort of mean. But but I went from from, a, I lightened up the load on a lot of these speculative positions, right? A lot of the names where it's, hey, they're not cash flow positive yet, or like, we're in this stock on a hope and a prayer, because we think that they're gonna have, you know, 400% revenue growth over the next two years. I cut back a lot of those types of holdings. I I, I bought more of the ETFs, right? I got, I got more spy and that sort of thing. Um, and, and then I also uh, bought more of what I consider like high quality good stocks, right? I, I got more Ford. Um, I, I got more GM. I know I'm gonna get roasted for always talking about the, these same stocks. Um, but 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 I, I really rotate into a lot of what I call the, these higher quality names, right? I, I think Apple is another one that, that I'm going to be looking to add in, in here and increase the allocation on Apple a little bit. So 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 there's the deal for me. Um, but all right, Drew, let, let, let's let's run it through an agenda today. Uh, we, we, we've got some good things ahead of us. So 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 first stock that I want to talk about today, but let's get back to this one from yesterday. Roblox, Drew, Drew, you you weren't here yesterday, but we ran a competition. We said who can most closely guess the uh, uh, the the price of Roblox, the closing price. So 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 let's look at that price action there, and let's do that one. Drew, I want to get your take on GameStop. We're going to do that. We had earnings from both uh, Celsius and Asana uh, and AMC. So we got to do AMC. Um, we, we're going to do general electric and then I want to talk about PE ratio as well. So, so we're going to try to do all of that guys before 1230 Eastern. So in the next, I don't know, let's see 23 minutes that we have here, 1230 on the dot. We're going to have the CEO of, of a super hot stock joining us. Let, let me get my screen up here. All right. Ch- check this one out. GLSI. Let's, let's go to a one year chart. Look at this. Look at this one-year chart. Ticker GLSI, Golf Lima, Sandy, India. This the stock went from five dollars to one hundred and sixty dollars to to twenty-nine dollars, right? 
crazy. So, so, so we're going to be talking about that stock with, with, with the company themselves. Uh, at, at one o'clock, uh, we're, we're going to be talking the UFC fighting and, and gambling and, and where that market's going. Um, and then, of course, we are going to take tickers out of the chat because we don't want ideas just to come from myself. Not just from Jason, not just from Drew, but most importantly from Zinger Nation, all of you out there in the chat, guys. Put in there what tickers you're trading today, what stocks you want us to look at, because we'll, we'll have some time to get to them. But but first things first, Drew, should, should, should we talk about the Roblox? Let's do it. All right. Uh, let, let's start off with, with, with this Robux closed price competition. Um, so, so, so yesterday, if you guys weren't around, you, you missed out, you, you were sleeping. We, we ran a contest with Zinger Nation. That's all of you out there in the chat where we're asking, what is the closing price of Roblox going to be? That, that, that's what we wanted to know. Okay, we, we had a, a, a ton of guesses in here. And Drew, can, can you grab that, that closed price for us? The close price yesterday let me pull that up real quick today is up we don't care about that uh it looks like the close price yesterday 6950 69 who is the oh closest all right let, let, let's let's run this change so we're going here minus that divided by that all right let, let's drag these down it might be the person who guessed sixty nine sixty nine. That would be a pretty good guess. As much as I don't want that to be true, <laughs> I think that that's good. Yep, that's our best guess. <laughs> All right, Joe P in the chat. His guess, Roblox closing price sixty nine sixty nine. We 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 saw the stock price out there uh, at, at forty five dollars. It opened for for trade somewhere around uh, uh, sixty five. And then closed yesterday, 69.50 on the dot. Joe P out there in the chat. Congratulations, everybody. Let, let, let's let's warm it up. You know, let's warm our fingers up or, or trading or typing fingers. Give them a round of applause. Come on now. Um, Joe P in the chat, most closely guessing the price off by 0.27% with his guess of $69.69. Now let's click over and look at some of that price action that we have going on in the stock today. Here's the two-day chart. It's only been around for about a day and a half so far. Um, we, we got rip roaring this morning. Ro- Roblox is actually showing sort of like, like this GameStop pattern where it's, it's this really early morning. We only have one day of data, but it was that really early morning trade where, where the stock went berserk and is now pulled off. Still up on the day, but but more or less leveled out. Um, what What's your take here, Drew? Uh, and, and then I'm going to have an opinion. Yeah, definitely right. This is a new IPO stock. Or I brought this wait, up wait, yesterday. Wait, 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 wait. Chris Collins is saying he got sixty nine forty two. I okay. I, all right, we 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 got we we've got to look at this. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. It's a good thing he was here. It's a good it's... thing he was here. A damn good <laughs> thing. All right, we're taking it back, Joe P. You don't win. I'm sorry. You, you get the second place medal. We, we did have a 69.42 off by only eight cents. Damn, that's pretty good. All right, shout out, Chris, sh- shout out Chris in the chat <laughs> with that guess. Powerhour at Benzinga.com. That is the email to send to. But all right, keep, keep, keep going, Drew. I, I've got an opinion on this price action today. I want to see where you're at. I'm going to throw this one out to the chat. All of you out there in Zinger Nation, uh, if you if you had to make a choice, right? You had to make the decision to either go long Roblox here, 
put a one in the chat. If put otherwise, put a two. Right? You you have to pick one way or another. You you can't abstain. You got to pick one if you go long it, two if you go short it. You don't have to actually make the trade, but I want to see where everybody's at. But but Drew, keep keep going. Yeah, guys, it's a forty billion dollar valuation just to put some things in perspective. Um, you know, Facebook. <clears throat> My voice is gone, but Facebook, great company, didn't have a great IPO. You know, IPOs, they're hit or miss, right? It's really hard to say if they're a good buy, if they're not a good buy. In my eyes, should I buy Roboblox? I don't know. I'm I'm going to abstain from it. I'm not going to touch it. That's my personal opinion. You know, if the stock comes down, I actually do like their business model. The only thing that scares me with this is they've got basically one video game. You know, it's an MMO basically, but is it a fad? That's the question you got to ask yourself. It could be scary, right? If this thing's a fad, it could be gone like that in one year. I mean, look at Fortnite. It kind of it took off and it died. You really do not know with video games. Luke, tell me your personal opinion. All right, so so here's where I'm at with this one, right? You you've got the, this really hot issue, the 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 stock's up four percent today, right? Not not a bad day by any means, but but then if we go and we look at the Nasdaq today, Nasdaq's up almost three percent, right? It's not like this is crazy outperformance, especially for a stock that's getting so much airtime and and headlines and, and dominating everybody's mind space. So so I don't love the fact that it's only up 4% uh, be, because I'm in this mode of de-risking my portfolio. Again, I had some bad days last week and it, it freaked me out. I mean, if, if you can't stomach losses you're taking, you need to change something. And that's exactly where I was. Um, and so so I wouldn't wouldn't be hitting this one long. And a really good question out of the chat. P- Peter Kim's asking, has, has anybody actually played Roblox here? I haven't. Um I mean, I'm curious if anybody else has. Uh, if you guys have, drop your experience in the chat. I, I'm curious to, to hear what everybody has to say about it. Um, but yeah, so 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 n- neither of us really love it. The, the chat was super mixed too. We we just threw out if 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 you like it, hit the one. If not, hit the two. The chat was very very fifty fifty. Um, so there, there there's the deal there. And David saying. His his eleven year old would pay a hundred bucks for the stock, so he's got to load up then. So yeah, he's got fifty percent upside right there. All right, so so there's Roblox. Um, let, let's go, Drew. You want to do GameStop, or you want to bust out our three earnings tickers? We have three earnings stocks: Celsius, Asana, and AMC. Yeah, I actually looked at Celsius this morning, so I'm super excited for that. But very quickly, let's go over GameStop, GME baby. What a wild ride it has been. A few people I know, friends of friends, one of them still owns it. We were talking, we were saying, sell this thing at 340, get it off your plate. It's not going to break 340. It's tried this in the past. It's gone. It's almost gone to what? Four, 400, whatnot. I don't remember. What was the high back? Uh, Let's see. The high eight. high was, it was higher than that. Was 480 it? almost on the dot, just above 480 was the high high. Here's a one year chart. Here's a three-month chart, and then now here, here's five days of price action. Yeah, so it's, it's wild. I honestly, I do not know this for sure. I have not done research in the stock, to be honest. I'm not super interested in it. But when this thing dropped to 50, I had a feeling that a lot of hedge funds, a lot of institutions still thought this thing was overvalued, and I'm sure they shorted it once again. That's probably why we're seeing this parabolic price movement once again. The battle is not up. I love to see that, though. P. 
people taking advantage. Look, what do you think? Why is this price action happening once again? I don't know. Um, I mean, we did get actual news, right? It seems like 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 the Chewy crew is actually taking over. Um, you, you know, I'm I'm gonna bring this up. Uh, I'm gonna recap what we had yesterday. So so yesterday, uh, we we had Rod Alsman. He he's sort of the 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 face man for for GMEDD.com. That's a site that's been publishing a lot of the research on GameStop, and and he brought up a a, a good point, right? He he said that at $250 a share, the stock is only trading at three times price to sales. If we look at the average price to sales ratio, which is one of my favorite ratios for just doing a quick value analysis on a stock price to sales is one of my favorites uh s&p 500 is trading at 3.8 times price to sales right so so it's not like it's a, a crazy valuation what 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 is concerning to him and he didn't say like this is a no-brainer buy at this point but but basically what what was concerning to him was like People are putting 100% confidence in, in the turnaround at this current price. You know, I, I don't have one opinion one way or another right now. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, are we going to shoot higher? Are we going to shoot lower? Are we going to sit around in the middle? I'm not sure. What what, what I am sure about is, is we're going to be watching this conference call that they have in, in two weeks now uh, very, very closely, right? Rod, again, he, he's much more of an expert on this stock than I am. Basically, his opinion is he he's more or less sitting tight. He, he's selling puts against the stock. So so you sell puts, you're, you're more or less long it. But but he's selling puts against the stock and, and more or less sitting tight uh, in, until we um, – uh, get to that earnings conference call. And what we want to see there is, is we want to see a, a very clean and defined plan of action for the company's e-commerce rollout, right? That, 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 that's what the deal is. Uh, if we get that, then, then great. Um, if not, then he has concerns. So again, guys, two weeks, we, we do have the confirmed date here. Let's get, let's get the exact date for everybody. All right. So after market close on March 23rd, that's when we're, we're going to be getting updates from the company. Um, and, and so I'm sort of just on the sidelines until then. That's going to be a super exciting earnings call. We may have to stream that. That's going um, to be the best earnings call of all time. Yes, we should absolutely stream that and watch it all together and get the chat going, get Zinger Nation out there representing uh, as we're doing it. So is Ryan Cohen going to be on that call or is it just going to be the CEO? I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. So so if you guys haven't listened to conference calls before, but basically they're investor updates that, that, that companies do every quarter. All, all public companies do them as, as far as I know. I think all companies do them. Um, uh, and, and typically it's the CEO, CFO, and maybe some other executive team member. But again, typically the CEO and CFO. Um, so, so... I would doubt that Ryan Cohen would be on there as a board member. Everybody wants to hear from him, so so it's possible, but but I wouldn't expect it. He is kind of the face of it, though, so that it, it is interesting because you know without him, the company is kind of nothing. It seems like, um, or it has been. I mean, Michael Burry, he he bought in pre Ryan Cohen, which is absolutely insane. Sold way early, yeah. but I don't know. I I think there was value there, and I think it. It was a very interesting scenario, maybe a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity, especially around three dollars. But quite a crazy thing going on. Yep. And shout out to Biffs in the chat saying, "Everybody, go like this video." Yeah. What the hell? We have five hundred eighty watchers, fifty-two likes. I mean, like it, share it. I mean, let, let's get this thing going. Um, 
All right, Drew, we, we have 10 minutes before our first guest is coming on. Should, should we hammer through these earning stocks? Yeah, let's pull up Celsius. I'm super excited about this stock. I want to hear about Celsius. All right. Yeah. All right. G- give us the read. Stocks down 20% after what looked like good numbers. That's what I'm saying. Okay. They, all right. Keep going. They, so they so here they are, I guess. Let me just read the numbers really quick. Yeah. So, so, so basically, we were speculating yesterday that they should beat their, their revenue number, which they did. They reported sales of 35.7 million versus the 34.6 million estimate. Uh, and then they reported positive net income. So, so they, 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 they switched from losing money last year to actually earning money this year. So, so where are you at with it? Yeah. So the EPS, right? The earnings per share, 35 million sounds like so much money. But in, in, you know, perspective, that's only two cents per share. I believe it is it's fully diluted. So it's it's not a but it's huge, a growth stock. It's, it's a growth stock. Right? It's it's better than losing money, thousand percent in my eyes, break even. Like that's fine. That's I obviously rather see that than losing money. Um, but where was this thing's valuation at, right? It's got a pretty steep valuation. Numbers look good. I actually worked at Equinox during my high school years, and I would sell these things every single day. I never knew they were publicly traded until Jonah Lupton came on the show. And then I was kind of like, whoa, they're publicly traded. That's kind of nuts. So I kind of have been looking into it ever since. The earnings came out, thing got beat up. I might be starting a position here. You know, I, I still want to do more research. I've looked at, you know, some stuff. I have a little bit of personal experience, a little bit of an edge maybe, but I, I think I'm going to start a position. What do you think, Luke? Uh, so, so, so I don't have the same degree of confidence that, that, that you do yet. If, if I was more risk on, then I would be doing the same thing that you're doing. I'd say, all right, let's go. Let's hit this thing. Let's run the cash register. There it is. Um, but but I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it settles out. It looks like 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 the the bleeding has stopped. The stock's caught a bid and and, and is starting to run back up. I mean, it was down thirty percent this morning. We're down twenty percent now. Um, the the numbers look really good. How how is the valuation look, Drew? And, and here let, let let me show you this. This is the last several quarters of of revenue results that the company's reported. I mean, it's it shows some steady growth. An issue with this quarter is that it wasn't up from the preceding quarter, um, but but uh, but wh- how does valuation look on this one? Yeah, so I don't really know that. Um, <laughs> let me pull it up in the Y chart. C H. Comment on the show. You want you want to answer that one, Drew? Sorry. Can you answer this question that we have up here? Uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, okay. No, no. I, I'm learning, but not that. So, okay, market cap, $3.5 billion, right? Revenue yep. price to sales is 30 So It's not – I mean, that, that's pretty steep, right? That That is pretty steep. That's, I think, me and Luke's favorite kind of numbers to look at. Yesterday, Luke said he hates P.E., Unfortunately, I didn't stick around to hear that explanation. Well, we didn't get to it yet, so, so okay. maybe we'll have time to do it today. Okay. I, I kind of agree that PE is kind of, you know, it depends on what you're buying, right? If you're buying a bank stock, I think it is important. If you're buying Celsius, why even look at it? Um, but 30 is still pretty steep for a price to sales. I'm uh, pulling up the chart of how it's traded. Yeah, it, the price to sales has gone from an early 20 of just two to anywhere between two to five, now it's up at 30. So the valuation 
you know, usually you see price to sales come down as the company, you know, continues to pop off like they have, right? They only had 9 million in revenue. Now they have 36. So they're, they're multiplying the revenue in one year, but their evaluation is growing even faster, right? That's, that's a little bit concerning to me. That's probably why I, I might not start a position. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Luke? Have you, have you looked at any of their numbers? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, price to sales, that's where I started on this one, especially when historically it hasn't been profitable. Um, and again, if I was more risk-seeking right now, then then I would probably go ahead and, and take a starter position. But but it, because I'm risk-off, I'm, I'm just sitting on the sidelines on this one. Yeah, well, we do know the energy industry is very tough to get into. You know, Five Hour Energy, a local Michigan company, They've absolutely dominated. And I know one thing the CEO of the company does, or maybe he's just did the uh, chair chairman of the board, is he has a wall in his office of all the failed five-hour energy competitors. All the ones that went bankrupt, he has their bottles on his company or on his uh, desk or on his wall, whatever. So, you know, it's hard to make it in this industry. It's a very tough thing, uh, but we'll see what Celsius does. All right. All right. Next up, next earnings one on the docket. Jason Rasnick stock, Asana, ticker ASAN. This one's up today. Nice, nice little 6% run or so. Uh, uh, numbers that, that they had out, basically, EPS, they, they, they're they still unprofitable. Here, let me zoom this in. EPS are still unprofitable. They lost less money than expected. But but more important for a stock like this, right? We're talking about a big growth stock. We want to see sales. We want to see them continuing to get customers, making more revenue, and they'll work on the margins later. Uh, but they had revenue sixty eight million versus a sixty three million dollar estimate. Uh, so so some decent numbers there. And if we look over at the guidance, so so this is how much company Asana says it expects to make in the first quarter. They said they're going to make about seventy million dollars versus sixty-five million dollar estimate. So 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 not blow away numbers by any means, but but I mean they're they're healthy, right? Stocks up, numbers are healthy. Here, here's a two-day chart. Let's, let's zoom it out to a month. Here's a one-month chart. So so we're getting a little bit of a pickup again after again. Th- this was one of the stocks that got caught up in all of that tech selling. Uh, so, so if you're in Asana, you, you, you followed the Rasmus into that one. Congratulations. Did a good earnings report today. Um, Drew, I, I don't know if you have anything else on this one. No, nothing, nothing too concerning. Only thing I will say is they trade about the same price to sales almost on the dot to Celsius, but they are a tech company, right? So their margins are much fatter. So just yep. something to kind of put things in perspective. Yeah, let, let, let's do this one really quick. So, 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 so something that that's interesting with, uh, uh, or, or I guess not really interesting, but something to, to take note of as, as you're sort of valuing companies and you're thinking about uh, one one sector of companies versus another is is the the thing that investors really love and have shown you know for decades that that they're willing to to pay more money for right they're they're willing to pay more for every dollar of revenue or every dollar of earnings or whatever, however we're thinking about it uh is is recurring revenue right these nice saas subscription models um you know what 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 makes asana such a fundamentally different company versus the celsius 
is that all the Celsius revenue is transactional. It's one time, right? It's consumers going into a store, making a one-time purchase. You know, it's a little bit more complex than that because you have distributors involved and who's going to carry the product and that sort of thing. But but more or less, if you look at how the end consumer is buying their product, it's a one-time transaction that, that takes place. And then they've got to sell the product again and again and again. When you compare it to a company like an Asana, right, where, where it, it it's, it's a recurring revenue model, they have to sell it once and they're selling it to a business rather than a consumer, which is typically a, a stickier revenue line. But but they have to sell it once, and then the business just keeps paying month after month after month after month after month. Is there risk that they can lose the customers? Yes, absolutely, right? Any business has risk that they'll lose a customer. Um, but 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 it's not like it's every single transaction. You have to sell, 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 sell. You sell it once, then you just have to retain them. Um, and, and so... When Drew's talking about the higher margins, there's a couple of things involved there. One is, you know, you don't have to spend as much money to keep driving, drumming up this business. The other thing, too, is that once you build the product, you, you can sell it an infinite number of times because it's a tech solution, right? Um, you, you don't need to keep manufacturing cans and the beverage and shipping it. You build it once, you sell it a million times. Uh, so, so, so that's what, what, you know, I, I guess I guess is a note to take when, when you're comparing, you know, your your ratios on like a, a software company versus a, you know, a, a food and beverage type company. That was awesome, cool. Luke. All right. So 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 there's that one quick little lesson there. And we've got one more earning stock. Let, let's do this one. The biggest one, AMC. <laughs> Shout out AMC. Uh, that's right. One of the hot stocks. Let's pull this back. Here's a three month chart of AMC rip roaring. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look at the numbers real quick, but I've got a specific note that I want to point out with regard to AMC. Um, you know, here you see, see, they, they, they lost $3 and 15 cents versus dollar 18 estimate. Um, and this is actually going to take us to why I don't like, like, like the PE ratio. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, and then they put up revenue of 159 million. So, so, so the numbers are whatever, right? The, the actual EPS and revenue numbers aren't that interesting, but what's really interesting, the, the thing that, that a lot of people missed, and I, I want to make sure we point out to, to all of you out there in Zinger nation is that the CEO said they're, they're through uh, survival mode, right? They're, they're no longer, the company is no longer in this place where are we going to survive or not, right? When, when you saw the stock price down to, let me look at this, $2 a share, sub $2 a share, the concern was, is AMC going to be around a year from now, right? That, that's what everybody is freaking out about. The, the CEO on the conference call specifically said, we're no longer in that survival mode. Is AMC still going to be a company 12 months from now? And, and instead, we're, we're in the mode of recovery, right? We're, we're on the upswing. Now we build back. Um, and again, I think that that comment is more important than, than any sort of numbers that they could have reported. because It's it's giving us that insight into, hey, if, if you're pricing in some sort of risk that they're not going to exist as a company, sure, maybe still price some of that, but pull that way back. Because the, the executive team is saying, hey, we're, we're going to be around. We're, we're not in this this horrible, dire situation anymore. Uh, we, we just you know ha- have to get back to where we were. Yeah, what's interesting, right? Talking about price to sales here, what's cheap, what's expensive? AMC, 42, not 42.42, right? So it's kind of a dying company as we all know, but from a value standpoint, is there some value there? Maybe. Is there value in oil? Maybe. You know you know what I mean? Like you kind of got to look at this and say like, like they're not doing great. 
but is there value because they're so beat up they have been in the past now they're up quite a bit so you you can't just focus on one metric as well i think you know it's great to follow one and kind of get an understanding of where companies compare um love these lit comments but yeah you gotta also have you know some fundamentals of what the company does where they're going you know maybe they'll have some changes coming but movie theaters is not something i want to have in my portfolio what is your take on that luke and then i gotta go all right peace out drew thanks for hanging out with us again while i'm in this risk off mode i'm not going to be adding a stock like, like like an amc into the portfolio right now there, there's too much volatility you, you've got too much of that that pure trading with, with like a GameStop. but but for any of you bulls out there and, and i'm not even going to just say bulls on amc but i'm going to say bulls on entertainment travel in general the, the the comments out of amc are really good right if if we click back over to the live portfolio again if, if you're if you're new to the show this this is that that my actual account. We look at it every single day. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know where they are, right? But if we look at if we go through the portfolio, we'll see that that I own a handful of airlines, right? Here here's Delta here as an example. Um, you, you know the, the the I'm more convicted in my Delta position based off of what AMC is saying because a lot of these companies, right? They're in different spaces. They're they're in different industries. Um, but but more or less, the trend is the same. They had the same major problem to deal with, uh, and that they need to get through. So 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 I mean, I, I feel good that that they're through it. All right. And, and and I'll throw this one out there. Let's throw another one out to Zinger Nation, guys. If you if you guys like uh, uh, AMC right now, throw me the one in the chat. If you don't, throw the two. I'm not saying you have to be in the stock or short the stock. But let's say you had to make a decision one way or another. Hit the one. Hit the two. And more importantly, no, less importantly, but make sure you do it. Hit the like button. Share the stream. Let, let's run the viewers up. Let's get this thing going, guys. Uh, and before I bring my next guest on here in a second, uh, I want to give you a preview as to what we have coming up later in the day. So so, so we are going to – all right, here's, here's how we're going to do this, right? I, I'm always so ambitious with what I want to get through on a given day. We never have time to get through it all, so, so I'm just going to make some picks. Here's what we're going to be covering later in the show. Uh, so we are going to do covered calls. Okay, we're, th- this is an option strategy. We're going to talk about covered calls, why I like them, how I pick which stocks to do them, uh, and and how we, to do the actual trade. So, so we're going to do that that live example with covered calls. Um, we are going to talk about PE ratio. Uh, I have a new page on Benzinga.com, right? Yesterday, we went through the options page. I have a new page on Benzinga.com, a new tool that we built for all of you out there in Zinger Nation. I want to go through that page. Let's get some feedback going on that page. How do we make that page more useful for you? Uh, so, so we're going to do that. Um, and, and we're going to be talking a little bit of sports betting later today, too. How does that sound? And of course, guys, drop me your tickers in the chat. If you have stocks that you want to make sure we look at today, put them in there. We'll try to get through them. And the chat is once again pretty divided on the the AMC like like versus not like. Whew. But all right, guys. Without further ado, uh, I want to bring our our first guest of the day with us on to the. There it is, our, our special guest video, Snehal Patel, uh, CEO, Greenwich Life Sciences. Thanks for joining the Power Hour. Awesome to have you here. Same here. Very nice to be here. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and how are things in your world today? Uh, very good. We're very excited to be able to talk to you and tell you about our story. 
Awesome. All right, guys. So, so again, Gr- Greenwich Life Sciences, that's the company ticker. You have it there on the screen, GLSI. That, that, that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, but, but Snehal, could you, could you get us started and, and just give us a little bit of background on the, the company? Um, and, and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, we did our IPO in September uh, and then did a follow on in December. So we've raised about $36 million uh, this year, I mean, last year and into this year. Uh, so we're very uh, uh, bullish about our peptide. It's called GP2. It's part of uh, the protein that is expressed in breast cancer patients. A lot of 75% of breast cancer patients express this protein. And we have a way to inject this uh, peptide in your skin, in between your skin layers, and you get an immune response. So after a person has surgery, they get a product called Herceptin, and Herceptin helps to reduce the recurrence rate in half. And then we start our treatment after Herceptin treatment is finished, and uh, we have shown that we uh, are able to reduce the recurrence rate by uh, another 50% to bring it down to zero. We've uh, tracked these patients over five years, and over five years, their cancer hasn't come back. Uh, they have to get their first six vaccinations, and then they're fully protected. Uh, and so this is our phase two data that we announced in December. And uh, now we're planning to start a phase three trial. We've got the <clears throat> manufacturing of the drug finished last fall, and hopefully in the next month, we're going to be able to put the drug into vials. Uh, those vials will be the final vials that are shipped to the clinical sites. And then at the clinical sites, uh, the, the clinicians at a handful of sites we'll start with We'll be ready to start treating patients in our phase three trial and we expect all of this to happen sometime during the middle of this year to the end of this year everything will come together and we'll start enrolling our first patients okay and so so let me try to recap and, and make sure, sure I, I understand the story and, and correct me if i'm wrong but basically uh, a, a patient gets treated and then after they undergo their treatment that's where you guys come in and, and you make you you lower the recurrence rate of, of them, you know, getting cancer again or, or ailment, et cetera. Right. The, unfortunately, the first alternative is surgery. So you have to remove the tumor and usually you remove the breasts. And uh, then there's an a wonderful antibody called Herceptin that has been very effective. It's been around for a long time. And, and many folks have probably heard of it. And, and you give that for a year and you still have. Uh, you know, a 10%, 15% chance of the breast cancer coming back in some of these really uh, pa- patients that were sick before, even though the tumor's gone. And the breast cancer can come back. They're waiting five years. They're hoping it doesn't come back. But it does, you know, for, you know, 10, 15% of the time. Uh, so our product stops it from coming back um, in combination with Herceptin. So, it, you know, it's, it's really a combination of three things. It's the surgery, the Herceptin, and our product. Okay. And then in terms of timeline, you, you said later this year is when like commercial product will start shipping out to patients. Is that right? Uh, no, the clinical product will be shipping out to clinical sites so we can start our phase three trial. So we announced okay. our phase two trial data in December and we're announcing in April more data about the immune response, which is how the immune system reacted to our treatment. And then we'll re- probably announce later this year safety data and between those three the uh, recurrence rate, the immune response, and the safety, you have the full set of data. And this year we'll start the phase three trial, which will still take some time. Uh, It'll take probably till 2024 till we get the readout from that trial. It'll be an interim analysis. This is all lingo in our industry, but in the end, 
when you get the data that reads out, you can file to market the drug. So your question is, when would we actually have commercial sales? And that would be in around 2024 or later. Okay. And, and, and when you say you, you get the data, then you can file the drug. Is that the, the new drug application? Yes, that would be a biological application uh, to the FDA for marketing approval. And if we're successful, you'd get to start marketing it. You'd still continue the trial to, to make sure patients still don't have their breast cancer come back. But because you had such good results up until the midpoint, so to speak, uh, the FDA lets you market it. All right. And we have some major fans in the chat. I'm reading the comments as, as, as you're talking. And we yeah. got, got people saying, you know, hey, they're familiar with the product and, and it, it works wonders. You got people saying that they love the stock and, and they're in the stock for the long term. So, so that's great. Um, but, but could you tell us a little bit about market size and, and opportunity? Yeah. So, so the breast cancer market is very large. There's about 3 million uh, current survivors of breast cancer. And uh, we, you know, we expect even just for the first uh, narrow indication we'll have, we'll have 17,000 new patients per year that'll get treated. We'll save 1,000 to 2,000 lives per year. Uh, so the, the breast, cancer, breast cancer is the largest cancer. And uh, the people that express this protein that we're targeting are about 25% of that market. So it's 25% of a very big market. Our market will be similar to that of Herceptin's uh, because we work with them. Uh, so we'll start up with maybe half of their size, but then we'll continue to grow uh, as we expand to other patient populations. And this protein is expressed in other cancers also. So there's a chance we can try our product with some of the other therapies you can mix with it in the other cancers that express this HER2 protein. Awesome. So, so, so it's not only, you know, this market, um, which is obviously where the focus is, but potentially getting into, to treat other cancers as well. Exactly. Exactly. And we have really good technology to identify those patients. So Genentech did an awesome job with the HER2 diagnostic technology. So you've got, you know, now second, third generation technology to identify those patients. So it's, it's really, uh, this Perceptin was one of the best and most famous biotech products to come out. And we're just following in their footsteps. Awesome. And we, we, we got a couple of folks in the chat are, are asking about partnerships. Um, so, so I'd be curious to, to hear how you're thinking about few potential future partnerships. You know, what, what would make a partner compelling for you guys, et cetera? Well, we, we have uh, started that process about a couple of years ago because for us, one of our funding opportunities was to do a partnership. And, uh, you know, when you're going to a partner saying, we haven't started the trial, we haven't published our five-year data, which we'll talk about shortly, uh, when, when you don't have any of those things, uh, you're, not, you're not in a negotiating position of strength. Uh, what's happened since is uh, soon we'll start the trial. Uh, we've now published the final five-year data for the phase two trial. And we have, uh, we raised 36 million in cash, which, you know, gives us about 31 million today. So we have enough cash to get to the end of this interim analysis and get the licensing application from the FDA. If we don't want to raise more capital, we don't have to. So we're going to start to see the, the licensing transaction uh, dynamics change. We'll see people coming to us wondering if they're not going to do something soon that they may miss out. And that will just change our leverage and our negotiating strategy. And we don't even need to do anything until after we have the data so we can maximize our return by holding out uh, longer if we needed to. Now, a lot of people like to see you do the licensing transaction as soon as you can, but the sooner you do it, the lower the terms. And we'd like to get as much as we can up front for the company. And then sometimes this morphs into an acquisition. 
you know, someone wants to license it, they're paying you enough upfront, it becomes an acquisition. Yeah, that's great. And, and then you, you said that the, the cash on the balance sheet, the, the 31 million, that, that will get you through uh, the through the study. Yeah, so so we haven't reported our 10K, but if you added all the numbers up, the 36 million subtracted fees to bankers and lawyers, uh, you have about 32 million. And we, we started with a very low burn rate. Uh, before the IPO, we had virtually no burn rate. And uh, burn rate's still very low uh, when we start. The how, how, how is that? Can you explain that, that to me? Uh, that, so that, before, that before the IPO, the management team didn't pay themselves any cash. You know, we, okay. we are the ones who we, we own up to 75 to 80% of the company. And that's because mm -hmm. uh, going up into the IPO, we put our own money into it and we didn't take cash. So uh, we have a real clean structure and we're just going to build the infrastructure we need to do this trial. We're not going to have a lot of headcount. And that's going to make this $31 million applied strictly to the trial and to the manufacturing, which is almost finished. So with the manufacturing finished, we're already ready to just focus on the trial. That's great. And, and I, I want to dig in a little bit to, to what you're talking about, the management team, because that seems like a really cool story right there. Um, you know, had you all worked together previously? How, how did that come about? Well, a lot of us are from the Houston area. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, so we're partners, partners in investment, partners in how to do this. Uh, so uh, Joe, uh, Joe Dougherty is our chief medical officer. Uh, he's He's been around the industry for a long time. Uh, he had his own biotech company. Uh, David McWilliams is our chairman. Um, he He's the chairman of BioHouston in Houston. He, he knows the whole uh, space. He's been CEO of five companies, three of them public. Uh, and then Jay Thompson, who we announced, uh, joined our company full-time this past Monday. And if you start to look at our stock price, uh, you'll see what happened that day. Uh, she's a expert in running clinical trials and in interfacing with the FDA. She's run over 200 trials, been involved with so many FDA approvals and communications that she's going to take the cash we have and deploy it as uh, efficiently as possible. Okay. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you know, the, the Monday stock price on that news. I mean, crazy right i mean 100 percent move there super yeah. volatile trading and if we zoom it further out you know we we <laughs> we have this collection of days right here right right in december yeah. you know so 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 i'm curious from like a, a management standpoint how you guys think about days when the stock is i mean it went from five to, to 150 um right. you know I, I guess what goes on on those days because it, it it's they're sort of surreal moves yeah i mean Basically, we're on the phone with our attorneys and uh, with our bankers, and we're just we're just talking about what we're going to do next. Uh, is this an opportunity to raise capital? And, and you know, this is when the price moved up a little bit, and then you're just shocked. You know, you, you just can't believe it went from five to 150 in one day. It came back down to 50 or 60 that day, but then it went back up to 100 the next day, and it, it was just an overwhelming response. And soon we started to get a lot of uh, people contacting us in our inbox, you know, doctors and patients. And that's where, where you really get impacted because you're hearing personally from patients who've been affected, who want to get in on the trial. They just see the news and they don't read any more. So they don't know that the trial hasn't even started and they're asking how to be involved in the trial. So it's, it's very emotional too. Yeah. It's been I, a very I, emotional I it. for all of us. I, I would absolutely believe it. Um, and, and then can, can you talk us through, I, I know we mentioned it, but but could you just talk us through a little bit more deeply uh, uh, about the data that came out here? 
you know, what, what, what does it mean? Uh, what, what does it inform for the future, et cetera? So we put out a poster on December 9th at the San Antonio Breast Cancer Conference. I, I think your colleagues have one if they put it up. I can, it's uh, an overview. Can we get that up, Producer Rohan? There it is. Very good. So that, that's a very complicated thing to look at on television. But if you focus on the chart in the middle, that's what got people excited. That's the Kaplan, it's called a Kaplan-Meyer curve. And what it does is it compares the treated group to the placebo group. Uh, the table on the right, so we can zoom in on the table on the right. Uh, and that's hard to see too, but what happens there is you show people that both the treated arm and the placebo arm are well balanced. So you then go to the chart, which is the uh, one that was in the center and that will pop up there. So there you then start to say, okay, well, that means that there's no bias in the trial and the data that you see is uh, actually something that you could rely on if you go forward in the next trial. So what this top line shows, it's flat is 100% disease-free survival, which means we had no recurrences over a full five years of treatment. And the five years means the median of the all the patients together is five years. Some were four, some were six or seven. Uh, the red line below it is the placebo curve, and that's about an 89% disease-free survival or 11% recurrence rate. So 11% of the patients did have their breast cancer come back and it's metastatic when it comes back, it can be deadly. 80% uh, of metastatic breast cancer patients don't survive. And the 20 that do survive are on drugs for a long time. So uh, that curve is what was shown on that day. Uh, it took a little bit of time, but as soon as people saw it, they got very excited about the company and the stock. Yeah, and, and in short, again, sorry, I'm the guy I've known on the show for slowing everybody down, but, but that's what uh, I do just to make sure I understand it. Everybody out there watching understands it, but but basically, in short, it shows that that patients who are on the placebo, 7% of them got breast cancer again. Uh, yeah. of, of the patients who are on your treatment, 0%. Right. Uh, 11% got breast cancer again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Um, and that, and, and that and, was over five years. So our goal is just to reproduce that in the phase three trial. We're not going to increase the size of the population and do anything crazy. We're just going to do exactly what conservative people would do who have something that they just want to reproduce. That's all we're doing. And that's why the hire on Monday, Jay Thompson, is going to make sure we don't do that. We're just going to make sure that we do exactly what we did in the phase two trial so we get the same result. Amazing. Um, and, and then the next date that we have to watch out for is in April, correct? Correct. Correct. So the, the, that, that data I just talked about tells you the top line result, which is the clinical outcome. But uh, when you vaccinate somebody and you, so you give them this peptide, you can measure if they get an immune response. You can measure it many ways. So there's a lot of data behind how each patient responded to the drug they got. And, and that would be, uh, in the treated arm as well as those in the placebo arm who got a placebo so we're going to see a lot of that data in april at the american association of cancer research conference so that's the, one of the largest research conferences in the year in in the year in our cancer industry uh, so we'll be publishing data uh, it will be an abstract on a april 9th and then a poster on april 10th which will discuss this information the immune response is kind of the mechanism of action it explains how the drug works and you'd want to see it working in parallel to the clinical outcome. And then you have the complete story. Awesome. Uh, and, and I want to take one more question out of the chat. Uh, so somebody's asking if, if age matters, um, if, if patients respond differently ba based on age. Uh, well, we, we, don't, we didn't have any patient recur. 
Okay. So one of the unfortunate things is we can't. But was there a specific it. age range that you targeted, or or? Yeah. So so it was probably from 18 uh, up to 60 or so. So it's pretty much the entire range. We we didn't exclude anyone. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there is no age. There's no age range restriction. Awesome. And, and then and then I'll let you go in a minute here. Uh, but anything else we should be thinking about? We we should be talking about, etc. Uh, no, other than, you know, we, uh, MD Anderson led the phase two trial. Uh, we're working with Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, which is an excellent teaching institute to lead the phase three trial. So uh, if there are any patients that are interested, please be patient till we start the trial and then talk to your doctor and ask your doctor if you're eligible and then they know how to contact uh, the clinicians who will be running the trial. Uh, so ju just a, a shout out to all the investors and all the patients who responded to our data. Um, you've touched us, so we're gonna do the best thing we can to stick with this all the way through and see if we can reproduce our phase two trial data. Awesome, Sneel. Well, thank you so much for joining the Power Hour. Again, sure. I mean, we got so many positive comments in the chat. Already saying I'm either in this one or I'm about to get in it. I love the fact that, that you and the management team own so much of the company. You know, you paid yourselves with stock rather than cash to get this thing going. A really amazing story. Really promising data. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're uh, we're very excited. Thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. And one more time, that ticker is GLSI. GLSI. See, I got it running across the bottom there. So 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 you can check that one out. All right. All right. Let, 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 let's keep it clipping, guys. Uh, uh, things that we have up on the docket today. Uh, so, so, so if you're just tuning in, we already covered Roblox and GME. Uh, I'm sure that we will get back to them today, right? How could you not? How could you ignore those stories? So, so, so we'll get back. We'll, we'll touch on those ones. Uh, we'll do some General Electric later today. We're going to do covered calls, uh, and and then we've got a couple of awesome guests coming on. Uh, we're going to be in Jason Rasnick being one. What's up? Welcome. Camera's way too close to me, but it's okay. Um, you look good. Nah. Okay. Nah, 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 nah. So we got some Tesla moving up today. Uh, let's talk about TAST, uh, TAST, Luke. Um, I guess I should pull it up Tast. in pro right now. We got to do Tesla. Okay. I'll, I'll pull up TAST if you promise me that we'll go back to Tesla after it had like a 100-day move. Yeah, I got to Sorry, a $100 move. Yep, 100-day move would be cool. So 100-day move would be cool. And then what about we got to talk VISL because uh, VISL, you know, that's an Atlas uh, boys. Remember, I bought that. I yep. end up pick, I end up picking up more shares. I'm like, you know what? I'll believe in the Atlas guy. So I bought more shares. Back the uh, truck up. Yeah. Hold on. And and I got so many stocks right now to talk to you guys about. I don't know what to do. If you're not here on this show, you're crazy. I don't even get it. There's 745 people here. You don't. I don't know. Like. All right. And API up 10 percent today. This is. Easy pickings. So TAS, we bought it at 185. I said I'm keeping it for at least a year because I in March 15th is when my year thing comes up, comes up due. So total right, gain. Here's your one year chart. So I bought nine thousand or ten thousand shares at one forty nine. So so it was a good trade. <laughs> yeah. Five uh, actor. Let's go. Yeah. So 
it's four percent of my portfolio. You know, but like having said that, Tesla used to be forty six percent of my portfolio. Now it's down to thirty four percent. I've been making trades and moving around. Um, so yeah, and guys, uh, ch- ch- check out if if you're not in this Carol's Restaurant group, that this is ticker T A S T. Check out this this seven fifty level, right? This is a one year chart. Each candle on this chart represents one day. So each little green bar, red bar is one day. You got one, two, three, sort of four, five. Now six times where the stock is trying to run run up to 750. So so if you're looking for a break, there's your line. I mean it it's, doesn't get more clear than that. Okay, we got to talk about one more, Luke, and then we'll get back to my trades. TMBR, t- uh, Timber Pharmaceuticals. Timber. Um, it, it uh you know it was formerly. Can you say that every time you talk about the stock? Oh yeah, I've been saying that all day. Last night at home, last night I was saying, Stacy, watch out for some timber today. And timber is moving like crazy today, forty nine percent, Luke. Okay, take that to the bank. All right, let, let's all let's right. do do let, a quick let, little news check. Wow, no news, no press releases, no SEC filings. All right, it's just running. What? Let me go. It's running and gunning. Anything? Okay. Um, No, come on. We got some stuff. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Um, That's appropriate. All right. Can we do Tesla, please? Let's go Tesla, dog. Let's go Tesla, dog. All right, here's Tesla. Here's a five-day chart. So, so, so we, we look at the very bottom of this chart, five thirty-eight. Again, this is the sixth the biggest stock in the country, not in the world, but in the country. I almost said world. Uh, and, and look at this move that it had from five thirty-eight to six eighty-nine in like three days. All right, I had my call with my Tesla guy, who I actually think I may get on the show. Um, I, he talked for an hour and ten minutes today. Um, gave me everything you could possibly imagine. We are up uh, 120% on those Tesla calls, April 9, 645 calls, and the May 21st, 675 calls. So we are up a bunch. I still have a couple puts in place, too, to hedge. Uh, those are down 40%, but the calls are up 130%, so I guess it makes up for it. I'm keeping the hedge in place just in case. Um, and, uh, you know, so... Um, and, and are you keeping the calls as well? So, so you own a lot yes. of stock. I sold one of the calls yesterday. I'm keeping the the calls as well for a little bit. Yeah, I think we're gonna hit 720 um, sooner than later. Later, I actually find it's funny. We should bring on Gordon Johnson today. He talked about the Tesla price cuts. Well, I don't know if you heard the news yesterday, uh, last night. Tesla increased the uh, the Model S Plaid Plus by ten thousand. Increased the S by one thousand. I mean, I don't know how that goes into his into his calculations. So, um, but yeah, that's a story. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, that's Benzinga Pro. Uh, I know we have a guest, uh, VIR. That's Benzinga Pro, um, OCGN, and they're saying in the chat, Luke. And Benzinga that- Pro, real quick, pro.benzinga.com, pro.benzinga.com. It's what we use every single day for our news, our charts. It's it's how we're analyzing the markets. Two weeks free. Two weeks. Check it out for free. There's literally no reason not to. Unlike markets, it's guaranteed that if you don't like it after two weeks, you don't have to pay anything. But all right, keep going, Jason. So. Um, in the chat, um, they, they're talking about this T 
timber being a squeeze. Uh, Benzinga Pro, I think, is doing an item right now. Uh, I think uh, Ripster just had a tweet about it, and Atlas guys may be in it. So I don't know how they. Oh, and then I picked up some more of that. Um, the I hope they still like it, but I picked up more of uh, what is it? This whole. Vissel, yeah, Vissel. Vizlink Technologies. Here's a five day on that one. Beautiful chart. Yeah, so I I picked up some more Vislink uh, two days ago. Yep, I'm still in that one too. My buy originally was like at 490, so I went down to three or 280. So we're up. But um, so wait, so your average price is down to 280 on it? No, no, my average price no. now is down to three ten or something. I got to go back to it. Okay, one, I'm still right. I'm at average price four sixty, so I'm down twenty three percent of my average price is like four twenty eight. Um, okay, and so, um, and then one more stock. Um, I get asked about this like DMs, Twitters, and I just rather just do it here. BTN, Luke. Uh, it's not that liquid, so I'm not telling you guys to trade it, but I, I, I still own it. They're in the digital space. They have uh, digital space. That's the funniest thing ever. It's like they breathe. <laughs> They're in the digital space. Okay, sorry. They have like billboards and some other stuff. Good management behind it. Um, I still like it. It's 3% of my portfolio, but that's also... You know, it's only up 10% of my portfolio. I still think it'll have room to run. I own some calls and stock, but this is one that if you ask me three weeks from now, do I own it? Yes. Do I own it six weeks from now? Yes. I may sell some off if it gets to like $6 then, which it could. So that's my take on that one. Um, I also picked up more AQMS, which is, I'll do those later. Luke, do you have the guest you have to uh, do now? Is that I'll, I'll, I can talk because I, I have um, an open show that I'm, I think my guest I'm not doing today, so I can talk my portfolio later. Cool. How I treat it, if you want, whatever, whatever the whatever the Zinger Nation wants. But Zinger Nation, go tell your friends to come join here. I'm, I'll show you. And and, and go smash the like button yourself too. Tell your friends to smash the like button. Yeah, and I'm liking this. Um, I'm liking this uh, Michael Horton guy at Benzinga. There we go. Shut up, um, Horton. He, he's from the show actually. Show listener, now a Benzinga team member. There we go. Um, yeah, but all right, Jason, you, you said you got more stocks to talk in a little bit. Yep. So, so we're so, going to get back to that, guys. We, we yeah. have a, a very exciting special guest for us today. Uh, let, let's, let's roll the video. Don Davis here joining us live on the Power Hour. Beautiful background you have. I, I might add. I, I would like Thank to you. look at that forest. I've got Thank a very you. industrial look here. Yes. Um, but but guys, if 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 you if you don't know Don, he, he's the founder of Pro Fighting League. Uh, we're we're going to be talking gambling. We're going to be talking some investment strategy. But but Don, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be here, guys. Thanks. Absolutely. And and so so for those of us or for those out there who aren't familiar with, with PFL, can you just take us through the company and then also, you know, what was your motivation to start it? Absolutely. Look, I started the Professional Fighters League the day that UFC sold because I saw a sport that should be in MMA. We all watch football. We all watch basketball. We all watch football. What does that mean? Regular season playoff and championship win in advance, transparency, lose and go home. But that's not MMA. MMA is a promoter. In that case, Dana White chooses who's number one and number two and sets people up. That's great entertainment. That's great in the boxing world. Yep. 
Uh oh, Don, I lost you. you. Oh, there we go. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep, there you go. You're back. What if in basketball this year, the Utah Jazz, which is great, Adam Silver said, you know what? You don't have enough social media following. You're not that interesting. You're on the West Coast. You're not going to make the playoffs and you're not going to make the championship this year. Well, that's not what sport is. The PFL brings the meritocracy and the sports season format win in advance. So that's what we do. We start with the fighters and the fighters win and they advance. You win four times. You're the champion. It's March Madness meets MMA. And April 23rd, we start our third season on ESPN and in 160 countries around the world to see who the best fighter is, period. Okay. I, I love it. And, and then in, in terms of how the business model actually works, I, I imagine that that's also different than, than UFC. Very similar to the NBA. Okay. The PFL is a league. So we have media rights paid by ESPN, media rights paid by 30 media companies around the world in 160 countries. We have sponsors and advertisers like IBM, Geico, Anheuser-Busch. Uh, we also have gambling companies that pass for our data feed. So it's very similar to owning the NBA. We don't have teams. We're just a centrally controlled league. Awesome. And, and, and you touched on something that, that's been really hot in, in the investment world recently. And I, I heard you talking about this in, in, in some other interviews you've done. But, but tell us about the gambling angle, uh, you know, how users can, can interage, engage with, with the competitions as they're going on, et cetera. Yeah, look, starting April 23rd, fans will be able to do something with the PFL that you normally can't do, real-time prop bets. So what will be the hardest punch in this round? What will be the, the top leg kick in this round? Will this round end in under one minute on a takedown? So you'll be able to not only bet winners and losers, but real-time changing prop bets on your mobile phone. Why we're able to do that is we work really closely with the fighters. There's not an onerous union. We also do our own television production. So as soon as we're able to innovate, we can do it quickly. So you'll have the most innovative, most exciting prop bets starting April 23rd, real-time on PFL. Okay, wait. So let me ask you this: what what what's the most u- unique prop bet that you're expecting to be available, and what's the one that you're most excited about? If we gave away all the mystery, no tune okay. in on April 23rd. But look, suffice it to say that PFL has always been the most innovative. We have the PFL Smart Cage, so we have chips in the glove, which measures everything from heart rate to distance traveled to top punch. Throughout the year, every single fight will be adding new prop bets. So as it becomes interesting to wager on, you'll get it. Okay, that's awesome. And like like I heard before, like uh, like like top heart rate is something that that you'll be able to place a bet on and that sort of thing. Yeah, look, we're even introducing this year something called the damage meter, damage inflicted, damage absorbed. Think of it as a gamification. I think by the end of this year, that's something you'll be able to bet on. You'll be able to see it visually on the screen. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and then, and then, how do users do it? I, I you, you said a mobile phone app. I, I'm imagining it's, it's an app that you guys have that that users will download. Or, or how exactly does that work? We'll be announcing in two weeks all of our betting partners in the United States and and internationally, and we'll be able to tell you more about that then. But everything okay. will start April 23rd, and we have our partners in place, and we'll be announcing it with them shortly. All right, that's exciting. So you see, I'm I'm here in De- Detroit, Michigan, where you recently just just signed a star out of Michigan. Uh, but 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 I'm here in Detroit, Michigan. We recently just got sports betting. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever like placed prop bets was on the Super Bowl. And I will say it definitely made for for a more engaging game for me. I look, I went to law school at University of Michigan. I'm a big alum with you guys. So go blue. All right. I so the U of M representing. There. Yeah, absolutely representing. So look, 
gaming is just in the first or second inning because a lot of stu- a lot of people don't really understand how exciting it makes you know, every pitch or every round of a fight. And it's not just diehards. It's going to be for everybody. And it's not just big money. It's $5 or $1. It's very social with your friends. And PFL has always been the most innovative in combat sports, whether it's MMA or boxing. We're the first to bring the ref cam where you see a knockout. This year, we're the first to bring the walkout cam where you follow the fighter and hear what he has to do to win this fight. So yes, gambling is a big innovation, but there'll be a ton of innovations to take you inside the cage and give you access, which is what all of us as true sports fans love and want. Absolutely. And, and, and I got to go back when, when you brought up the, the University of Michigan Law School. If you guys are ever visiting Ann Arbor, Michigan, that's where University of Michigan is, go check out that law campus. It's the most beautiful place I've ever seen. But when I was an undergrad there, I studied there almost exclusively. I mean, it, it's, it looks like Hogwarts, basically. It's, it's a great place to be. As long as you're not doing law school. <laughs> there you go. See, you just got to do the undergrad route and just go in their buildings. That's what I did. Um, but, but all right, Don. So, so you're an early investor in AOL, DraftKings, BigCommerce, and others. Obviously, some some very successful investments. You know, I, I'm curious, you know, what, share with us some, some of your principles that you use. What, what guides you when you're looking to make an investment, et cetera? Yeah, look, all together with partners, we're the first to buy an esports team. Also, we bought Team Liquid four years ago before esports were hot. Uh, we're the early investors in Sport Radar, which is all in the news now. When it was only five hundred million valuation, look, you always look for really three things: huge market, it's been underserved, and it's had no innovation. Um, you always have to have a great product and a great management team, but is it a huge market that's been really underserved and no innovation? And and candidly. That's what's always driven my career. And even though I was a huge sports fan, really a baseball and football fan, not a big MMA fan, although I am now, that's what drove me to start the Professional Fighters League the day that UFC was sold. Because you know what you see? 550 million fans. I had no idea. That's the third biggest fan base after only soccer and basketball in the world. I had no idea. I thought it was smaller than that. Number two, how underserved is this? UFC gives that 550 million fans 40 events a year. There's 6,000 basketball games. There's 2,200 soccer matches. But 40, 40 MMA events? And number three, no innovation. They've been holding a single camera. They haven't been innovating at all. It still looks like boxing in the 1950s. So we really serve this 18 to 35-year-old fan with the next generation product and the sports season format. So to me, whether it's when I went to AOL, you know, in the late 90s or did esports 40 years ago it's big market underserved how do you have an innovative disruptive product okay i love it so so the the three principles huge market not being served enough i love like that that five and a half million or five the fan number compared to the 40 events versus the six thousand for basketball and then just no innovation in it and, no and, and so 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 you just mentioned you you weren't an mma fan before you got this going so so i'm i'm, I'm i want to dig into that founder story a little bit like Okay, you, you decide that this is something that looks compelling. How do you go about actually executing it and, and making that first step to build a big business? Yeah, look, I've either been an investor or an entrepreneur, both sides of that fence, and dozens of companies. Um, the advantage of being 58 is you've seen a lot of models and a lot of different products. What works, what doesn't? And you borrow from each, and you'd be very aggressive building that company. But first of all, you focus on the fan or the consumer. So I said, if I were an MMA fan, what would I want? 
what would be the most exciting product. And that's what we've given them. So every innovation has been driven toward the MMA fan. So I said, I would want to know how I become champion. And I would want to see true transparency. I wouldn't want somebody to game the system. And then I said, I'd want a super cool product. I'd want to see the hardest punch on the screen. I'd want to see camera angles from the refs in the, in the corner angles. So we start fan first, consumer first. And that's driven everything we've done from the very beginning. And that's given us the explosive growth to be the number two MMA company in only three years. Yeah, so super impressive. Um, and, and then, and then, I, I'm curious too. Is is it a similar story like that 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 you tell to the audience that you also tell to the fighters? Like, like, hey, here, here's why you should come with us versus going to to some other organization. Well, fighters are just like any other top athlete, whether it's basketball, football, or MMA. They really want three things, and we listen mm-hmm. to them. One, they want to make the most money. Two, they want to compete on the biggest stage. And three, they want to control their own destiny. Well, that's what we give them in the PFL. We give them the opportunity to make as much or more than at the UFC. Number two, PFL is on ESPN primetime and with the number one or number two media outlet in 160 countries. So same, same as UFC. And the most important is number three. You know how you become champion. It's called win four times in a row, raise belt, get million dollar check. In the UFC, you don't know how to become champion. There's politics, there's social media, there's jockeying. There's a lot, it's a circuitous path. And if you're a athlete, whether you're LeBron James or an MMA fighter, how do I control my destiny to become champion? And that's how we recruited Kayla Harrison. She's a two-time judo gold medal winner, and she's probably the number two MMA fighter in the world right now, trailing only Amanda Nunes. We said, Kayla, control your destiny. Don Davis doesn't decide anything other than signing you. After I sign you, the world is yours. Everything that you can do, I'm going to facilitate for you. That's our pitch to fighters. Control your destiny. Help us enable how great you can be and how much money you can make, period. Okay, I love it. Um, and and then you know from from the audience standpoint, uh, you said April twenty third. That that's when we're going live, right? We, we, we'll 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 be able to do the prop betting for it. Um, and and you hinted there's going to be announcements coming out before then, or is April twenty third the date that we're going to get everything? How no, you'll hear you're, you'll hear all about the prop bets in early April from us, and all about our partners in early April. Okay. All right. There, there it is. Um, and, and then uh, I, I love the investing advice. I, I love how you talk about getting the business started, recru- recruiting the athletes. I, any final words of wisdom you can leave us with? No, look, I, depending on, on what the audience is, um, always look for a big market. There's a lot of big markets out there and always look for growth and always look for innovation. And there's plenty of it, whether you're 70 or 7 or 17, right? Whatever you're doing in life, whether it's your career or your investing life, big market, innovation, and growth, and you can't go too wrong. Okay, I love it. All right, guys, there it is. Don Davis here with us, joining the Power Hour, taking a little bit of a, a different angle. Um, right. We, you know, Don, we, we always talk stocks and, you know, what, what are the swing trades and that sort of thing. And, and when we saw your story, I thought it was super compelling, super interesting, the innovation you've doing, you're, you're bringing to the market. So, so we're really glad you could join us here today. 
Hey, thanks very much. And, and appreciate great show. April 23rd, ESPN. See a innovative MMA product, PFL. All right, guys, April 23rd, I'll be checking it out. And don't worry, I will remind you. I'll, I'll put a note down on the 22nd to remind you guys it's the next day. Thanks very much. Appreciate all right. it. Thanks, Don. Thank all right, all right, guys. Uh, how about that? That pre- pretty neat concept there, right? I I, I love the, uh, let's go over the, the investing tips too. And again, Don was an early investor in AOL, DraftKings, BigCommerce, among others. Um, the, the, the investing advice was, was look for the big market, uh, figure out how underserved that market is and identify whether or not it's it's had in innovation you know so so you know the the example that he gave right with with mma and and then ufc is you know it's a massive market they've proven that there's a ton of fans out there um there's only 40 events a year versus the six thousand for the basketball and then innovation it's it still looks the same as as a 1950s boxing match so so awesome Uh, i i love all this this positive chatter too it looks like we may have converted some fans out there in the chat. So hold on. There it is. Airhorn's all you guys. I'll be checking it out. Um, very, very neat there. So, all right, guys, keeping us clipping down our agenda for the today. Uh, I believe Jason is going to tease us with it with a couple of stocks that he has on his radar that he's talking about. Um, I want to get to to uh, GE General Electric, and and I also want to do covered calls. Um, Talk about why we like them, you know, how, how they, they help us, especially like I mentioned before earlier at the top of the show, um, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm a little bit more conservative, right? We, we, we had a really rippy market for, for quite a while now. Um, and, and, you know, I, I had some very red days o- over the, the past two weeks and I couldn't stomach the risk, right? It, w- it was it was enough risk that it was distracting for me. Um, and, and somebody saying in the chat, they want to invest in the company. What's the ticker? It's not public yet. Stay tuned. If, if it goes public, when it goes public, we'll, we'll definitely let you guys know. You'll you'll be on top of it. Um, but all right, let, let, let's let's start it off with covered calls. This is one I asked the group yesterday. I said, "Do you want us to to hit covered calls?" We 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 ran through it super quick yesterday. Um, you know, so 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 let's go over it again. Um, somebody say no Ford. We we could do more more Ford. Maybe we'll get the Ford. We do Ford literally every day. Trying to change it up. Trying to bring new stocks. Trying to bring new ideas. Okay, that's why I didn't have Ford on there. If if we we all right, let's use this as the signaling. If the light count instantly jumps from this 197 that we're at now up to 200, that then we'll go ahead and we'll do Ford. And again, like I teased at the beginning of the show, I have a new page on Benzinga.com to show you guys. So so we'll be getting to that as well. But all right. Here's here's the deal with with covered calls, okay? So so let let's take a stock in the portfolio. I'm gonna go ahead, open up the the live portfolio that we look at every single day here. Uh, there it is. All right. So 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 let's find a stock that we'd be okay not owning for a while. Let let's do Visa. So so so. All right, here, here's here's shares of Visa, right? We own Visa in the uh, in the portfolio, right? It, it's it's uh, who disliked the stream? Yeah, what an asshole! But all right, so so here's Visa. We we own it in the live portfolio, right? We we just own the stock outright. I, I've had it for quite a while. Um, 
And, you know, right now, as it stands with just owning the stock, the stock sits there, the stock goes up in price, I make some money, the stock goes down in price, I lose some money. But that's the deal, right? It's just like like any of us just just owning common stock. You know, the, there it is. We I think we all have an idea as to how that works. So so covered calls are, are a strategy that you can put on top of layer it on top of a stock that you own um, to, to generate some income off of that stock. You can basically manufacture your own dividend. And, and so so let me explain how this works and, and then then we'll do it together. We'll do a live example. I don't necessarily want to sell covered calls against Visa right now, but for the sake of the group we're going to do it um so so uh when you when you do a covered call what you're doing is you're selling a call option right so so if we talk about buying a call option you're 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 basically paying for the right to acquire a share of stock at some point in the future at some predefined price let's say that one more time a little bit more slowly so, so if we were to go ahead and buy a $240 call on Visa, it would probably cost us maybe, you know, $3, $4, something around there that, that we're putting up. And what we can do is we can buy shares of Visa for $240 at some point in the future. So, so if shares of Visa go up to 300 bucks, then we can buy shares for $240. We keep that $60 in the middle, right? Great deal uh, if the stock is, is going up for you. Um, and again, keep in mind the main mechanism there, right? Is is if we buy that that Visa $240 call option, we have the right to, to buy shares of Visa from somebody for $240. Bucks. When, when you sell a call option, it's the exact opposite mechanism, right? You, you are promising somebody that you will sell them shares of Visa for that $240, regardless of price, right? The price could be $10,000. You still have to sell it for $240. Bucks. Um, and and so, so that's how it works when, when you sell a call. But you also get something else. Instead of somebody paying you, you know, for the right to buy your shares, when you're selling it, you're, you're getting paid to, to grant that person that right. Okay, so 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 let's let's pull up the option chain on Visa. Uh, let's scroll up to the top here. All right, so let's go to our little search bar ticker V. I, I love our our one 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 letter tickers. All right, let's do a refresh. We had the same problem yesterday. All right, ticker V for Visa. Come on now, there it is. All right. So, so here's Visa. Uh, we're going to go over to the option chain. All right. And again, I own shares of the stock. And, and for this sake of this example, let, let, let's pretend that, that we own 100 shares of the stock uh, because each, each option, right, e- each call contract that we're going to be talking about today represents 100 shares. So, so he- here's the option chain on Visa. Let, let's go out. Uh, Let's go out to the next monthly. So we're going to go one month forward, right? I, I typically go somewhere around a month forward when, when I'm doing this. Um, and, and let's scroll through the option chain. And here, here's the $240 strike. So, so shares of Visa right now are trading at $227 a share. And we see these options. They're, they're out one month from now. Uh, for for two hundred and forty dollars, okay. So so again, if you were to buy this call option, you say at some point of time within the next thirty six days, I'm granted the right whenever I want uh, to buy shares of Visa for two hundred and forty dollars per share. Um, 
what what we're going to do when we sell this call option is we're going to give somebody the opportunity to buy these shares, lift them off of our hands for that $240, okay? Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to open this up. I'm going to sell. We're going to sell one option. And we see the price here, $2.72. So, so, so the second that we sell this option, right, the order goes through. We're going to get $2.72 times 100 because 100 shares are represented so we're going to get 272 bucks and, and then the the only risk that that we're taking on when we do this is that we may have to sell shares of visa for 240 bucks at some point in the future which i'm fine with right that that's still a decent jump ab above where i own the stock at and this is not a stock that i own because i want it i'm expecting it to triple right if, if visa triples we have bigger problems in the world right so something is fundamentally changed with our financial system if the share price of visa just goes ahead and triples okay so so again because it's a stock that that i own i want a nice like you know steady growth play it's one of those stocks that that's gone up forever it doesn't mean it's going to go up forever but it has gone up forever and, and it's sort of again one, one of those safe when I talk about higher quality stocks, it's one of those that sit in the portfolio. And, and so, uh, you know, be, because there, there's a chance that it could go above 240, uh, but I don't think it's going to 500. It's a good stock candidate to, to sell calls against. Because again, the, the investment thesis is not, hey, this stock is a two bagger in two months. The, the investment thesis is, hey, I own this stock because I want it to residually increase in price over time. Okay, and and I mentioned this this covered call strategy is is sort of like uh, uh, creating your own dividend, right? I'm looking 30 days out and selling the call against this, um, you know, and and uh, uh, I'm going to get paid 272 dollars for doing that. Right. I can do that every single month because we're looking a month forward. Right. So so if I do this every single month, 272 times 12 is now $3,300. So I'm essentially getting paid $3,300 to own this stock. And again, the, the, the risk that I'm taking on is that I may have to sell the stock at some point in the future at a higher price than what it's trading for now which is something that I'm fine with. And somebody in the chat's asking you, they're saying, you know, there, there's risk of, a, of unlimited loss. There's not. That, that's the difference between selling a naked call and selling a covered call. When you sell a covered call, you, we, I already defined what the risk is. The risk is you have to sell it at 240. You already own the shares, right? You sell a naked call, then your risk is unlimited. But when you already own the stock and you're selling calls against it, you're, you're defining your risk. You're, you're in charge of it. Okay, and the risk that I'm taking on is I might have to sell a stock at 240 when it's trading at 227 right now. Okay, and again, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna place this order right now. Again, we're selling one call. There, there it goes. It's out there. It's filled. Right. Yep. There we go. It's filled. So I just got 272 bucks transferred into my account right now. Great. We'll take that. Hit the cash. <laughs> And then again, if Visa goes up in price to 250 and I have to sell it at 240, great, I get paid again. Another $13 per share that I just made. So, so, so that's the deal there, guys. Uh, any questions on that? Drop them in the chat. I know a ton of people. We did it really quickly yesterday, uh, and and a, and a ton of people were asking, uh, uh, you know, to, to go over it again a little bit more slowly today. So there it is. Uh, question from Kyle in the chat. Let me throw this up here on the screen. Uh, Kyle's asking, do you let it expire? 
or close it before expiration. Typically, I'll close it before expiration uh, because you're going to find out if, if you're winning or losing right up until that point. If I'm winning on the trade and I've already made 95% of what I can make, and, and the way you define what you make is, is based on the price of the option, right? We just sold it for $272. Uh, if, the, if the price of the option drops down to you know $0.05, cents, which is good for us because, again, we're selling it, you know the price drops down to $0.05, cents, just close that out. No reason to have that risk open, right? There could be a black swan event that causes it to trigger. Um, and and so, th- so that's why a lot of times I'll close them. Good? Cool. All right. So a couple more questions. Do you own this stock right now? Yes, I, I do own Visa right now. Um, do, you, do you, you don't roll it? Uh, a lot of, t- yeah, keep it going every month. That was the example we gave, right? We make $272 today. We can keep doing this every single month and we're basically manufacturing our own dividend, right? We're getting paid $3,000 a year um, to, to, to own the stock. Um, and then so- somebody's saying, so if I have 100 shares and I sell a call, that automatically makes it a covered call or is there a special designation? No, you, you own the 100 shares, you sell the call, automatically it's a covered call you don't have to do anything different or, or special in your portfolio uh how do you close it um the the, the way that you close it is is the way it, the same way you close any stock trade right you 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 buy it back right we, we sold one we have to buy it back to to close it uh and then and then another question um what happens if the stock price goes to 220 to 235 we're thrilled the stock is at 235 a month from now because we have a one month expiration on this. We're thrilled. So we not only got paid the $272 to sell the call option, our stock price also appreciated, right? The stock went from, from 227 to 235 and we own the stock. So 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 that means we're really making money. We made $8 a share, right? And we made $272 for selling the call. So, so that's great. Ooh, and somebody's saying, is there a book you recommend to read? I'm not going to recommend a book, but I am going to recommend a, a good friend of Benzinga. I'm, I'm going to point you guys towards the, the guy that I actually learned options from. He's, he's a partner with us here at Benzinga. His name is, is Nick Shaheen. He is, in my opinion, the options master. I, I do webinars with him uh, every other weekend, um, and he he's amazing. So so I'm, I'm going to link in, uh, put this link in the chat. There you go. Uh, he, here's a link to his product. I, I just spammed it in the chat a little bit. And, and so what he does, it, it's he runs a really cool product with us where, where basically he gives trade ideas and then also does the education behind it, right? Like he'll say, hey, an idea is to buy this Ford call. Shut up, Ford. Um, and then he'll say, here's how I think about that. Here's here's what gets me to that decision. And so, so it's like you're learning in a very hands-on fashion. Again, link just dropped it in the chat. Um, there, there is a two week, uh, uh, refund window. So if you, if you buy it, you don't like it, you can get your money back. Um, but go ahead and check that out. And I see the Razman is here with us again. I don't know. I don't know if he's ready yet. And once, yep, there he is. Yeah. Um, this is what I was doing. I thought you're, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah, we, sometimes the audio, like on the guest, is audio wasn't perfect. We need to make sure if you can't hear someone, we got to say something, you know, or they should test it before, um, right? Like that guy, he, the the. He sounded okay to me. What was it? Was he, it quiet for you or what? Yeah, you were louder. I mean, I could okay. hear him. I could hear him. It was fine. I just. But, but, but we were mismatched. You're saying. 
Yeah, it was a mismatch type thing. But I but uh, I thought your explanation just now was awesome. I actually sold puts in Tesla a couple of days ago live on the show, um, which are doing great for me. I sold like 580 puts or 560. So you're probably up like, 90% on that trade. Yeah, let's go. I'll check in a second. I'm up like I'm up $3,000 on that one trade. Um, but let's check it. Let's check it. There we go. And by the way, you know, I was controlling your soundboard one day when you said, why is Aaron Bry keeping that or why is Rohan producer Rohan keeping that audio thing? It was me. It was me doing it because I can control your soundboard from my iPhone. How cool is that? I can control your soundboard from my iPhone. That is Rohan's probably greatest creation here. I I love it because I didn't know if you knew. Until he has a child, that will be his greatest creation. All right, so I sold the March 19th 620 puts. So they are up 42%. Um, I sold two of them. So I sold the March 19th 620 and 600 puts is what I sold. 620 and 600, okay? So my question to you is, yeah, I don't know if I'm in the money right now, but I'm up for, I'm up 40% or 42% on them. Um, if... If they don't, so by March 19th, if nothing happens, I just keep that money that I sold, right? I don't have to do anything, correct? If the stock, you said 620 is the strike price, right? 620 and 600, 620 and 600. So so if the stock price is above 620 by that expiration date, then you just keep the money that you sold them for. You you take it to the to the bank and throw it into something else. Yeah, you, you don't, you're not on the hook okay. for anything, et cetera. And now if the price is at 590, then what? If the price is at five ninety, then you have to buy the stock for six twenty and six hundred. Yep, and I already own the stock, so so you um, own more of the stock, or I just give them those shares, right? No. Okay, so nope, I have you, to buy. You, you have to buy. Yep. Okay. All right. So that is good. Now, what I was doing during your the thing a little bit. So I was doing. Let me share my screen. And I know you have to leave in a minute, right? Yep. I, I got to pop off in. Yeah, like two minutes, three minutes. Let, let me show you what I was doing, Luke. All right. Cool. We, got, we got about a thousand people here. Um, so I'm gonna show you what I was doing. I was editing some of our job ads. So here's okay. our job ads. I'm sure Sharon doesn't like that I'm showing this. I finally got access to this yesterday. This is where I can go in and, and I'm like not full admin, which I feel like I should be, but um, <laughs> I'm not like it, t- it takes me a while to find it. So when I go here, it takes me like five clicks. The only job ad I actually see, watch, I, I'm into my account. That's all I see. That's it. So then yep. I have to like figure out how to go to like, now you got me lost again. Darn it. I don't know how to get back there. Uh, hold on. There we go. Okay. So I was adding the job ad. So if you're in the financial space, you like business development. We have this job here that we're, you know, we license to the, you know, you name the brokerage. We work with most of them. And this is not the page I wanted to take you to. But uh, the job ad page is what I want to take you to. So I just changed it because it said licensing sales but i wrote at the end of the day it's relate it's a relationship building all this stuff is relationship building um and so check out our you know jobs.benzinga.com this is another place we can look at it and or go to this page but jobs.benzinga.com where you can uh, apply for some of these positions we are hiring aggressively and growing we're looking ahead ahead of video ahead of different areas and i'll get to stocks in a second but that's i was working on the descriptions which i don't even know how to go open now um link is in the chat guys jobs.benzinga.com put it there for you 
I don't know how I got in before, Luke. Really annoying. Okay. Um, that's when you're clueless about stuff like I am right now. Oh, edit um, position. Right there. At least I got you know it. about stocks. Yeah, I know about stocks. So I just edited the position. You know, it's exciting. There's exciting stuff going on here, guys. There's exciting stuff. If you're driven and you have experience and you want to impact the outcome, then Benzing is a place for you. But if that's not you, then Benzing is not a place for you. Okay, I'll get I'll get off the the promotion stuff. So Luke, do you have to go? Because I'm going to show some of my trades and all that kind of stuff. Yep, I'm going to hop. Wait, Luke, the, Jay Wright says you're wrong. I can, I can buy back the puts at a loss. Yeah, so so you don't have to buy the stock. You can close the option trade. Any time you enter an option trade, you don't have to sit on it until expiration. You can always close the trade just like you can close a stock trade. If you own stock, you can sell it. Buy an option, you can sell it. You sell an option, you can buy it back. Any given time. Okay, got it. Okay, so um, exactly that, and I know that. Okay, so Luke, get out of here. I will do our stuff, and I will talk to you later. All right, peace out, guys. Happy trading. Have some fun today. Market's ripping, and I will talk to y'all later. All right, all right. So, guys, uh, I'm going to share my screen in a little bit. One second. I'll share my screen for you all in one minute so you can see some of my holdings. Um, yeah, so if you're in Canada, you don't need to move to Detroit. I'm not sure what gave you the idea you need to move to Detroit. If you're in Canada, maybe you can go sell to the Canadian brokerages, Bank of Montreal, um, BMO. Uh, you know, there's tons of banks, tons of brokerages in Canada that we don't work with. Well, you don't need to be here to do that, so – um luke where can we find you on youtube or social media luke's uh, twitter is luke jacoby l-u-k-e-j-a-c-o-b-i it's in the the youtube chat um you got to be careful selling div uh puts on x dividend date um tesla doesn't have an x dividend date but yeah you, then you have to pay it out or something so um here let me go pull up my account since um Someone said, I'm just, I don't know what he said. So let me pull up my account. Here we go. This is one of my accounts. I have five brokerage accounts. The one that I do for the show is an E-Trade account. I think it's the easiest for me to demonstrate. I know, I know. Bank of Montreal and BMO are the same. I know. I, I was trying to think of another bank. I couldn't think of one at the time. Exactly. But that's why we need people in Canada. We, we have Quest Trade. Quest Trade, we, uh, we work. What did you say, Luke? CIBC Bank. I mean, there's a lot of these places. If you want to get our news and data there, you reach out. You can be a business development person. doesn't have to be a whole thing. TD, you know, go reach out to TD and say you would love Benzinga News on their platform. That would help in a big way. A big way. Can you guys help us in a big way? All right. So let me share my screen. So Armin, great. So come on, work on the business development team. Reach out. Say you have Benzinga News and data. I mean, if you pull up Webull, you pull up um, any brokerage or a lot of them, you'll 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 see us. You'll see us. But it, it really takes hustlers and relationship builders. It's not the ones that like come to the office and like sit there and like chat and play with their pens and play with my, these pens. But you, you really got to focus in. And what I say is, if you want to be successful in life, find someone and see what they do, and then 
then it's so e- like there's no tricks to being successful. Like there are tricks, I guess, but you just have to do it. It's like copy what they do. So Luke started here as an unpaid intern. Luke is the man. Like he's the man. So what do I advise some people to do is copy what Luke does. So Luke writes everything down on a list, everything. If I say anything, he, he you know, he will, he won't forget. He'll write it down. It may not get done the next day, but he'll report back. He writes things down. If, if <laughs> I am telling you, that is in the 5% category. Nine, 95% of people do not do that. Um, and Neiman, if you want custom screeners for Benzinga Pro, we have a VIP support team. You can reach out to them at VIP accounts at Benzinga.com. That's plural. VIP accounts at Benzinga.com. VIP accounts at Benzinga.com. Yes, I own BCRX. Let's go show my account, okay? That's what we'll do because it's probably easier to do that way. This is my train account that I'm doing for the show. It's not my um, main account. I kind of keep it at, um, you know, whatever. So this is my train account. That's what I would tell you guys for the show. All right, here we go. Oh, I got to move it to this side. All right. All right, all right. So now... um, yeah, I mean, guys, you could get any job you want, get any opportunity you want. If you want to get a job at Kathy Wood, you could. Like, if I wanted to go work at Kathy Wood's firm, I could. Like, it's – I if I want to go work at Goldman Sachs, I could. Like, and so could you. There's there's plenty of d- different ways to do that. You just have to be different than everyone else. That's it. Okay, I will go to Excel, um, Alex Sanchez, in a little bit. I think you made feedback. So here's my current portfolio. I wish it would show by recent trades. It, it doesn't. So Voyager is probably one of the my, one of my biggest positions. I bought it when it was 15 cents. What you're seeing here is not act like what it's worth or 30 cents. Um, I've known Voyager for years. I know the leadership there, etc. Um, so and then uh, Tast. I've talked to you guys about Tesla. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that my position, I bought at 38. I bought some more shares recently. I bought some calls, but I'm happy to say it's now it's 34.5%. Actually, I own it in another account too. So I own a little bit, a little bit more. Taco, I've been trimming out. I don't know why. Oh, no, that's okay. We should do by portfolio size is what we should do. Terrasen, Penn National up 260%. Uh, GBTC, you guys know the deal. But let's get to the ones that we can talk about. Generec, I'm going to hang on to Generec. This is when there's storms. It always goes up. I'm going to hang on to Generec for a long time. You talk to me in four years, I'll have Generec, Generec, okay? We're going to go to some short squeeze plays. I don't know if you guys know this, but for the street.com and real money subscriptions in 2010 or 2008, I was the short squeeze.com. I was sorry. I was the short squeeze writer for the real money for Jim Cramer's subscription site. So I wrote every day uh short squeeze plays that's what i did okay uh here's my tesla call that i bought last week or two weeks ago peloton um tesla okay so lithium lithium i've been selling off i bought this at six dollars cost or 10 but i bought more at 14. i sold a lot of my position at 24 and um yeah this is definitely down care leaf i sold some twilio I didn't sell any of the downdraft. Maybe I should buy some more, to be honest. I bought that originally at 35. GAN, I sold some at 30. Um, but 
listen, it, it, it's it's performing well. So you probably you probably should stay in some gam. Um, Jason, you uh, you didn't know that. I don't know. Okay. Um, we're gonna get to WKHS in a minute. QRTEA. This has been one of my best stocks of the year. It only says forty per seven percent, but it also released uh, like a two dollars or four dollar dividend. I got like a six thousand dollar check from QRTA. Great, great stock. One of my best stocks of the year. Um, X. I bought steel because someone in the in the Zinger Nation chat. See, you guys are talking to me in Zinger Nation chat, but you guys should just be. You guys should also be talking to yourself about trade ideas. There's a guy. I screenshotted his name. He's been telling me to buy steel for a long time. So I finally did it. He's in the steel space. He says he's seen insane demand. He said, May, we're going to see some crazy stuff. So I bought a May 21st uh, call. I guess I should zoom in a little more. So I bought a May uh, 21st call on that. Uh, maybe I bought a couple. I don't even know. BCRX, I still own the June $10 calls. I like that. Um, I wish it was a little bit bigger in my portfolio, to be honest. That's, I got to do better portfolio management. The percentage thing, I don't usually have up there. Now that I see that, I love it. I'm going to start looking at that more often. I look at the absolute dollar amount. I didn't put the absolute dollar amount here because I... Not totally. I mean, I guess I would show the absolute dollar amount. I just don't know if people think it's bragging or too big, too small. I, I don't know. So that's why I don't do it. I would rather just show um, the absolute dollar amount because it would be easier because the screen that I normally use is not this screen. So this is difficult for me right now. Um, Slack, I bought, as you guys know, a long time ago, and I bought it all the way down from 35 to like 16 or 18. I, I know it's purchased by Salesforce. I sold most of the position half i kept 200 shares just to get some salesforce shares and the acquisition goes through i've been raving to you guys about save s-a-v-e i've been raving about save to you guys and it went down 10 percent. and uh, a guy in here who's probably that rice guy said jason you're you're down 10 percent on save well we're now up 44 percent. so put up that put that up your in your pipe and smoke it i guess you know um Tiny Pie, we should catch up. I want to do some video editing from that Kathy Wood interview. Um, hey, and if you guys think you're good and you would like to host a show and you have, you know, and you can share something of personality, send us a clip. Send us a clip to powerhour at benzinga.com. We have graphic editors. We have all those people that can help you guys. That's why you see some of these other shows that we've been doing. You know, I think we're about, we're going from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., but um, expect to see more. So if you're good, record a 10-minute clip. Send us the link to powerhour at benzinga.com. And you don't have to have it all graphically updated. Don't worry about that. We got that. Penn National, you know the deal. I'm, I'm, friends with, uh, I'm friendly with Dave Portnoy. I uh, will be long that for a while. Disney. STKS is a guy who I like, who's smart. He gave it to me. It's um, it's has a chance when people go back to uh, restaurants. I'm buying these travel. Marriott, I need to get back in that Marriott position. Darn it. Immersion, KMPH, BCRX, I own the stock as well. API, look, I own the September's calls of 30%. MGNI, me and Josh Brown, Thank you for reminding me. I got to promote that. Me and Josh Brown, uh, Reform Broker, host a clubhouse at 3 p.m. on Fridays where people pitch us stock ideas. MGNI was a pitch from last Friday, guys. I bought just 0.43% of the portfolio, so up 27%. I mean, look at that return. 
I mean, just look at that return, guys. Seriously. I mean, 27% from a clubhouse. I'm on clubhouse. If you're on clubhouse, follow me. My name is Jason Rasnick. Um, all right. Why is my, why is I'm, I'm getting a message about ENG. What is ENG doing right now? I don't think they realize I'm live. I just lost my screen now to shoot. I don't know where we are. ENG. Um, I'll have to send it to him that I'm live and I can't review. Um, you guys know MG and I, if you know MG and I press one, I never heard of it, but I, I like connected TV. Who wants to work on our, our business development team, reaching out to connected TV places for our channel. Whoa. Everything is going crazy on me. Hold on guys. Um, okay. So we're back. I'm back. All right. ENG. Is it up? I don't know why he wrote me ENG. I'll, I'll check it in one second. Let me just do a few more stocks. Okay. Ford, this is a Luke pick up. Leslie's. I bought Leslie Calls. I'm going to stay in Leslie Calls. That's August. Uh, I think we're going to have a huge pool season. ENG up 28%. Wow. 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 I got to check that out. We'll bring my guy Jack on. Do I, I? I thought I had my ENG calls. Hold on. Where's my ENG? Oh, maybe it's in another account. Maybe it's in another account. Oh, I got to check my ENG. ENG just popped. All right, let me get Jack, see if Jack can come on right now. Um, one sec, guys. We're going to see if we can get Jack on. Where's Jack? I'm on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, um, I'm Jason Rasnick. Oops. Meant to talk ENG. Okay, we're going to get to the stocks that you guys are asking me about. All right. Um, so we're back on the ENG. Um, I own calls of it of some sort, but I don't know where they are. Maybe it's my other account. I got to show my other account too. Bill, I'm up to this. And so this is kind of my portfolio. Um, TAP is Molson. Dividends. I like Roblox. I'm in Roblox. I bought a bigger position in Roblox than some of the other stocks that I love. So I got to. I got to rethink my my positions. My percentage sizing isn't isn't what I like. I got to readjust. Yeah, I bought IHG as a as a, a you know hotel stock. I told you guys that, so I'm still in it. Um, and then here's some of my losers. Um, this is some of my losers here. SGMS. I I still like SGMS. So and that that's it. That's what I got. So those are my those are my stocks. All right. So ENG, what's the news on ENG? Let me see. Um, let me see right now if I can get a news desker to come on to talk ENG. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We real time news update. One sec, guys. Come on. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if we can get um Jack. Jack's not there. Uh, oh my god. All right, public service announcement. I need to have like on the YouTube uh page that we have. I need to have on that page. I need to like give rules. You can be in Mars. You can be in Russia. You can be in Cincinnati. It don't matter where you are. You can be anywhere. If you think you're a builder. 
If you think you can build and you're awesome, um, so many losers. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'll, you're going to be able to see my account all synced up guys. So you don't have to go. Um, you don't have to go there. You're going to see all my trades all synced up. You don't have me to share it. So that way when we get on the show, you're going to already know what I own. And that way we can collaborate more on these things. Um, so, and do you guys know what FUV is? Anyone in FUV? Let's see. Um, so let's see. Let's see if I can show you FUV. Um, um, hey, hold on. Um, all right. Um, all right. All right. One second. All right, I'm going to send link to a guy to come in and talk about ENG right now. Hold on. We're going to have an ENG guest coming on right now. How do I invite a guest? Let's see. How do I invite a guest? I don't know how to do this. I forgot. All right, come on, Jason. You got to figure this out. Raz, what are we trying to do? Invite Jack Hurley on? I didn't say that. I have a guest to invite. I don't know why you're putting words in my mouth. How do I invite a guest? You have what to go I, back to the... Um, I'm on my video. I'm in my thing. I go oh, to edit. Open up the stream yard in a new window. Hey, 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 names. I don't like names, you know? Come on. Um, so where do I? I'm in an open up in a new window. Okay. Open up stream yard in a new window. Hey, stop with the names. Come oh, sorry, on. Sorry, sorry, you I keep thought, doing this to me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking about the guy's name, not that I realized. No, how. no, no. I've told you numerous times. Yeah, okay. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, so I, I got it. All right, so I got it. Thank you. That's all I needed. I got it. Here I sent link. Um, you guys, cannabis stocks are moving also. So here we go. Hold hold on. Um, and open up pro. I got someone coming in to talk ENG right now. Um, is coming on live. Okay, so we're going to get someone to come in uh, and talk ENG in one second. I hope you're, and this is Jack Hurley as my guy stole my thunder. Yes, Jack Hurley will be here to talk ENG. I'm going to share my screen uh, real quick. Um here we go. Here we go. How could he ask me, Jack, who? Come on. You know better than that, sir. All right. Hold on. I got to close that window. All right. You guys get to see the behind the scenes stuff that is going on here. Like, that's kind of cool. All right. Let's make that bigger. Luke Oleg did get back to me. He said, I, he's been, I've been, he goes, I've been super busy. The guy. Oh. All right, so here we go. My guy, my guy is here. He's in Bryant Park in New York. Uh, we brought him live on the show. He got some tall buildings behind him, which is good. So, Jack. What's going on, Jason? How are you? What is, what is up, my man? How are you? I'm phenomenal, man. It can't be much better. How are you? Good? Good. I just miss you, honestly. We used to talk a lot more than we do now, and I just miss you. It's like I, I, I know you're crazy, everyone's crazy with you, but like uh, ENG is today up a dollar fifty. A dollar fifty, I see, uh, up thirty three percent. This has been a uh, favorite. What's the share price? We're at six dollars. Six dollars. Nice. Way better than the four dollars yeah. it was a few days ago, right? <laughs> what's ENG's yeah, what's ENG's market cap approximately? Uh 
I'll look I it up. I have I, 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 I have it right it's, here. It's, 185 it's million. What is it? Um, it's up like a, yeah, close to 200. Yeah, close. So close to 200. Now, if you remember our, our earliest discussion uh, when it was 370, my, my the rationale was that they have 300 million dollars in backlog, and uh, you know their margins are about 50, 60 percent. So you know the market pushed them to about that 150, 140 mark, and then it bounced right off that number. So uh, I'm not so surprised by today's move. I think it's a little bit of the whole market and uh, rising all of the ships, but uh, you know, I'm glad to see it bounce off that off that low point. So do you think they have a? Do you think they still have a good uh, backlog? Yeah, I think uh, nothing has changed from a business perspective that would that would cause me not to want to own the shares. Uh, it's just my uh, my appetite was at you know three dollars three and change, um, and so I would have to see uh, either realization of a revenue or an upcoming quarterly to kind of justify paying today's prices. Got it. Um, got it. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, did you buy a bunch last week or anything like that? Or you just, I've known, I've known you owned a lot for a while. So, um, yeah. So my, my, my typical mode of action is to buy it when I hear about it almost immediately as much as I can. So that, you know, when you look six months down the road, four months down the road, I don't need to do anything right. The, the action should be, uh, within a short enough time span and at a heavy enough of an appetite, uh, that the FOMO doesn't really kick in. And so I'm not chasing the six or five. Um, and I give myself what's called the margin of safety by doing that. Right. So if I lock my shares into 370, I'm happy that it's six, but I'm not going to raise my average by buying it when it goes to 450 or $5 as, uh, as tempting as it may be. And so now, you know, the shares would have to drop 50% for me to lose my initial principal. And so I think traders can really benefit from rationalizing with that margin of safety uh, in a similar fashion. So, yep. So, so no, I get it. You're not chasing. Um, so let me ask you a question. Are you, have you sold off any of your stuff or are you just staying long or any that kind of thing? What, what are you doing? So, okay, so you, I'm you still holding all equities in the beginning of the year. Okay, okay. So let me go through some of your picks, all right? A lot of other picks, right? So you see CVI, you look at E&E, Trough, Clean Spark. I mean, you... sure. All right, I got. A, I have. My, I have a Jack Hurley screen. Um, see, okay. To answer so... your question, no, I have not sold any equity. Uh... All right, I'm going to make a new whole watch list for you. I have you in my other watch list, but I'm making Jack Hurley. Because, dude, you you do the research, and I and I actually have a great guy for you to talk to. I, I have a friend who's at a battery company. He actually lives here in Michigan, and like he's a good guy for you to bounce stuff off. He like mm -hmm. I, I he was nerdy now. I didn't know what the heck to say. So, do you still own this, or did you ever own HDGHF? I, this is small cap. I I know, guys. So, don't go jump into it. Do you know what those are? The graphing plays? Is do you ever play those ones? Oh, he broke up. He broke up. Can you say that again? Oh, we lost Jack on that important question. All right. Sorry, guys. You still there, Jack? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm crying. Oh, there you are, Jack. We here. lost you for a minute. We lost you I'm for a minute. Still here. Can you hear me? Yep. I, we can hear you. So, um, did you ever own any of those no stocks? Problem. So, did yeah, you ever? So, did you... so, hey, Dale. I... I love any and all things graphene. Yep. Got it. Okay. So what about, you're going to get mad at me on one of them, I think. You're going to get mad at me. You may so hang I up the phone. Own, uh, hey, Dale, I called AP, APGMF, which. 
Okay. Can you hear me okay, though? Jack, can you hear me? Jack. You're, you're breaking up a little bit, but it, it eventually comes in. Well, you tell all those New Yorkers to, like, turn off their you're, internet you're so there, you can hear Jason. me. Oh my God, I'm crying. All right, Jack. If you do, we could try. We could try that. But Jack, you're gonna guess what I did, Jack. I guess it's not working, guys. What? I sold. I sold some of my Clean Spark, man. Can can I can I can I call in? You did. And um, well, I don't blame you. For, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Here, here, here. I'll call you. I'll call you right now. Shaky hands. Wait, Jack, Jack. Yeah, I'd shake your hands. Uh, I'll call you right now on my cell phone. Right. Answer that, and we'll play you on speaker, okay? All right, here we go. All right, we're moving Jack from the guest right. to this way. This is going to be the way to do it. Hold on. All right, sounds good. Hold Have on, a I got... All right. All right, Jack, you there? Yes. Yep, I'm going to turn it louder. Turn the thing up. Okay. Okay. So, Jack, I did sell some of my Clean Spark. Do you want to throw a towel in my face? No, I I wouldn't blame you. I mean, Mr. Market quoting me Clean Spark at thirty dollars plus is pretty rich. So, from a perspective of giving it to someone willing to pay that price, I you know I don't blame you. It's just uh, I'll tell you that you'll kick yourself in a year or two. But if you bought it back at twenty, you know, twenty and change, twenty three, twenty four, then you did pretty good. Got it. Okay. So that's your thing on Clean Spark. What were some of the other ones? Because um, I'm making a new watch list for you right now. I have four stocks in my watch list, but I know you like some other ones. I just want to add them in so I have them in my Jack Hurley watch list. Sure. Uh, I mean, so some others, the, the graphene ones that you mentioned before are definitely within my, my realm. Uh, Haydale's one that you mentioned, Applied Graphene or APGMF was one. Uh, Bursarian is probably one of my favorites in the graphene space. And they're, they're very thinly traded, but what's the symbol though? Uh, VRSRF. VRSRF. And, and they're a UK, they're a UK base as many graphene companies are, right? Cause graphene was discovered in, in the UK and, uh, and their, their balance sheet is unbelievable. I mean, they have an almost 20 to one. Uh, asset to liability ratio, which is you know unfounded in today's market, and then the other part is that their margins on the product are very impressive. And graphene, I think, is in its infancy, uh, you know, in terms of commercial side. But they've solved a lot of those problems from applications to batteries to clothing to coatings. So I think uh, you know in the next five or ten years, graphene is really going to make a displacement of a lot of the products that we like today that are usually associated with the chemical coating sector, as well as things like, you know, materials, battery technology, et cetera, even construction materials as well. So that's why I want you to talk to one of these guys, not one of these guys, this one guy, he, he works at a battery startup, but he's may start one. That's like silk, like silicon. Cause he says he can make silicone up here, yeah, like so graphone. I don't know what he's talking very- about. Silicon has some very attractive properties as well, and it's also very abundant, right? Silicon is one of the most abundant elements on Earth. So uh, it's, it's, silicon is another promising road as well as sodium. So those, those are two that are uh, batteries in stages of not, maybe not production, but definitely research and development. You're saying sodium. So you mean like salt? Yep. Okay. All right. So you don't have to go through each reason for the, this thing. I just the, what I have on my list from you right now is HD, GHF, APG, MF, ENG, CLSK, XERI, 
VRSRF, and then someone had COUV, but that's not trade anymore. So that one I can delete off it. Are there any other ones I should put in here? I I mean we can go we can go forever here on things I think should be on the Jack Early watch list, but there's I like to give you ones that I'm thinking about today, right, rather than six months ago, because, uh, you know, my track record from inception of talking about a stock into the returns going forward are probably better than looking backward, right? So there's only a couple companies that I'm looking to buy, like starting, you know, on today's ticker. Um, I can give you one of those if you'd like. Yeah, and, and preferably not one that's 10 cents, preferably one that has a little more activity, but go ahead. Of course, let me just take a look. All right, all right. So, guys, this is Jack Hurley. He's on Twitter. Yep, his uh, is it? What's your Twitter? Is it Jack Hurley? What is it? I can go to your Twitter. I got it right here. Hold on, I'll just tell them because I can look it up. It's underscore Jack's Capital. That's J A X C A P I T A L. He's a longtime friend of Benzinga. Uh, been a great guy and just longtime friend. And thanks for putting that in, Aaron. Appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, I was telling Aaron. Oh, either way. Yeah, Aaron Bree, put your Twitter in. That's okay. oh, thanks, Aaron. Yeah, there you Aaron's, go. Aaron's, Aaron's good peeps. He is. Uh, he so, is good so peeps. I'll, I'll talk about three. Uh, one, one of them is uh, ETWO. And, and okay, wait, 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 hold, hold on. ETWO. Aaron Bree, can you put the symbol in in the YouTube uh, screen so people can can see it? You know, at the bottom of the bar. Okay, Cove is still trading. All right, sorry, Thuck, I was wrong. Okay, so ETWO. What? Oh, oh, oh. So you I'll give you some history. You gave this to me February 10th. Jack likes this because most customers on a five year contracts, he thinks strong EBITDA to 200 million. Is this do I have that right? Yep. Yep. Wow. That number is that number is probably conservative in, in my view when you look at the customers that they have. And, you know, when somebody locks in a customer for a five or seven year contract, just like Netflix or any of these subscription services, you know, eventually they're going to say, you know, we're going to add these features to our service and we're going to charge you a little bit more money. And so I, I think that 200 million is probably at live prices of what they're charging today. But if they keep the customers that they have for that period of time and they offer additional services, they can probably get that number upwards of 500 or 600 million EBITDA. And so, you know, $2 billion market cap for, for a company like this is expensive. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I see a very good future for them going forward. You know, they're doing AI logistical tracking and management. And I, I think there's going to be more of that in the future rather than less of it. And, uh, the management seems very competent and uh, and responsive to their customers. So let me pull up ET. I'm going to pull up ETWO on a quick chart. We're going to look at a three month. All right. So ETWO had had a little bit of a drop. So people could still get in. You know, lower like it's at a 587 million dollar market cap. People can still get in this one. Um, there was a 13G filed on March 10th, three days after my birthday. Jack, you missed my birthday. Where was my present or my Tweet, tweet, happy birthday, oh, man, that, that, mu- that must have gotten lost in the mail or taken off the Twitter, man. I'm sorry about that. I'll, I'll make sure I send you something. Just text me your address. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Elliot Investment Management. Wait, what were you, 21? Exactly. Wait, Elliot Investment Management has 25 million shares. It's 13G. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. So, that was one. Now, let's go back to my watch list. Let's go to my Jack Hurley watch list. So I have to close that. Um, and then, Jack, we won't take up too much more time. I just have to go to my Jack Hurley watch list. Where'd it go? I have to go there. They should make it there. But that's just what we have to do at Benzinga. This is Benzinga Pro. I've got about 25 minutes. So you've got me for 25 minutes. Wait. So ETWO. It's my birthday. It was March 7th, guys. You missed it. You missed it. There was no celebration. It was, it was uh, in the chat they're talking about. It was on Sunday. So 
There was no like hurrah at the office, which I appreciate. So it's okay. All right. What's what? What are the other two two symbols? Uh, so uh, one another one that has been on the market for quite some time, and uh, I think they're at a pivoting point in terms of business operation and actual realization of revenue is is Arcadia Biosciences, and so the symbol is RKDA. Um, they're a they're a, a seed genetically modified modified seeds and plant uh, business that's working on altering traits of crops, including soy hemp and uh and wheat uh in order to be you know drought uh, resistant or a bit uh, able to survive certain climates or to increase yield or certain attributes of the plant that will make them easier or better to grow in certain conditions and uh you know it's a tough business no matter which way you cut it but it looks like they're signing on some pretty pretty impressive third parties to work on their crop and they're finally going to make a little bit of revenue it looks like so you know, they've been beat down for quite some time. I, th- I think a few, maybe five or six years ago, this, this stock was trading at like $50 or, or $40. And they've just been absolutely decimated. So the market cap is sitting at around $60 million. But when you look at their hemp product and their seed sales, direct to customer and direct to businesses, if they succeed at like a few percentage points of the market for either two-thirds or even one-third of the crops that they're displacing... I think 60 million is a pretty good price point uh, for that business over the next couple of years. And the other part is that there's not a lot of shares. There's only, I think, 6 million shares. Uh, was it 60 million market cap three? So 20 million shares outstanding, which really isn't too big of a float to move. Um, and I think two, two million Jack, plus of that is short. Jack, why did they sell off recently? They had a one day where they they had a big day that they sold off. It seemed like one day. Uh, I think that went along with the marijuana sector had a rough day because of the okay. movement of uh, of one of the bills that was supposed to hit the floor and it didn't end up hitting the floor. So I, I think it's unrelated to their business particularly, but you know your guess is as good as mine for any day to day movement of a stock. Okay, okay, and then wait, there's oh this one's too wait. Someone asked me about. No, this is wait. Hold on. Oh, this doesn't have anything. Pyr Pyrage. I don't know what that is. Okay, so now let's go back to watch. So you had one more stock that, that I need to add to the watch list. Um, yes. So, so this is uh, it's a spec right now currently, and it's it's a space that I think you're getting it expensive. In my you know in my opinion, you're getting the business for a pretty high premium, but it's a field in which I think is very important, which is uh, you know considerate and sustainable mining of metals, right? One of the big things that we're moving towards is battery recycling and net zero carbon uh, extraction of metals. And so SOAC is the ticker. And I think Wait, SOAC? Yes, and Sustainable Opportunity Acquisition Corp. Okay. Um, so, that, you know, there's SPAC, which I know it's a, it's a topic for, for discussion currently. But when I look at Deep, Deep Green and how they're looking to take nodules of the ocean on the floor and to extract metals like cobalt, manganese, uh, nickel, etc., cetera, uh, to use that for any and all applications, it looks like they have a pretty good uh, foothold in that business. Now, I, I think that the, the net enterprise value that they're valuing it is near like a couple of billion dollars, which I typically like to get in things a little bit cheaper, you know, a few hundred million and enjoy the ride to a billion. But I don't think I'll get that opportunity this time. So in terms of being a sustainability student, I've got to say that I'd rather scour the ocean floors than continue extracting out of the earth these uh, precious earth metals 
And so if this, you know, I'll put my money behind this business to say I'm willing to bet on them to do it right. Got it. Okay. Um, and when, when you're back, you know, from New York or wherever, I should get this battery guy who literally is like a scientist with batteries and get you guys like got a show together and just like have a, have a battery day. You'll, you'll like him. And I know, um, I, I guess we have a crypto show that just started and I'm, and I have to transfer this over. So Jack, when you're, you know, get more time. Let's have you come on and talk your thesis. Cause what Jack does, he's, he goes, he's a fundamental guy. He goes deep in the analysis on these companies and, um, and he, and he takes risks too on some of these things. He tries to find them before everyone else does. And so that means he could be down for a while for six months, a year, but then he eventually gets 10 X hundred X return. So Jack, thank you for coming on in such short notice. We wanted to talk about ENG up 30% today. You, uh, you know, been on this one for a while. So, uh, appreciate, I appreciate it very it, much, very, very much. Wait, wait, one question. Do you know if SOAC is like ABML? Uh, I wouldn't compare them apples to apples in terms of business model because they're extracting in depth, very different forms. And I'm not sure if they have the same purification technology. So, uh, they, they live in the same space, but they, you know, valuation wise, I would consider SOAC to be more attractive at the current uh, multiples than ABML. ABML was nice under a dollar or a dollar, but I'm certainly not paying $2 plus for, for ABML at the current point. There's also a company, American Manganese, that I think is in the same space, and it's only worth like $200 million. Um, their, their ticker, I think, is ANZYF. Uh, yep. So I think there's better opportunities out there that are, are, are relatively inexpensive and, and technically have the same yields and technology as those as ABML and SOAC. Yeah, American Magani. Yeah, I, I own that one in some account. I don't know what, but I do. All right, have fun. It looks like nice weather. It looks like nice weather out there. Uh, oh, thanks for coming on. Gorgeous man. I'll see you out here sometime. All right, we'll grab a- lunch. Absolutely, sounds good, man. Talk to have you a soon. Good one. You too. Bye bye. All right, guys, that was Jack Val. We were talking stocks. We were talking movements. We were talking energy. He's given me some picks, some big winners. Uh, AMZ YF is another one. I do own that in another account. Um, You know, they're not going to always go straight up, guys. Remember that. So this is Benzinga Pro where we have notes here. I can see a history. So I knew Jack said this because of this. And I have like, you know, my notes here, as you guys can see. So Benzinga Pro, pro pro.benzinga.com. You know, I'm going to head into the chat room there. Um, And NSPR, I didn't get to ask Jack about NSPR. Let's see if I have a note in my watch list. Um, You know, follow us on Twitter, on Benzinga's Twitter. Follow, um, you know, Twitter or our Instagram and, uh, like and subscribe and then we're going to head over to a crypto show and if you're looking to make an impact or you think you can be on the business development team or you're a video producer or you're or you're a software developer we are hiring aggressively we have like 11 open recs right now but if you do apply just write in a three or four or five bullet points how you can impact the out- outcome benzinga is not just like a normal place where you can just sit back and relax you have to go take the horns and you know you have to go make it happen so if you need a lot of teaching, then it's not the right place. But if you're not afraid of things and you're not afraid to make phone calls, reach out, sell data. I mean, we're, we're trying to take on the Reuters of the world. I mean, uh, the Reuters of the world, like Reuters would be someone that maybe have reached out to, you know, whatever. And we, we believe that 
Benzinga's for us, by us. It's for you guys. And we're trying to build tools that you guys want. We're trying to give you people that you want to hear. We're not trying to be one to many. We're trying to be many to many. And so it's for us, by us. So that's why we go to the community so much and so often. We appreciate your feedback. We are owned by you. We are here for you. It's not Benzinga. It's Benzinga family. And that's how we build this company, Zinger Nation. So anyways, if you you can email cooljobs at benzinga.com or powerhour at benzinga.com. And then one more last thing. If you have an E-Trade account, send an, e an email to E-Trade. Say why you would love to see Benzinga news on there. Because when you look up a ticker, the breaking news is not there for the stock. Or you'd like to see our data. If you do that, take a screenshot. Email the screenshot to powerhour at benzinga.com and tell us your size and your address and we will send you some swag if you wish to as bill o'reilly used to say as you wish to opine um so we really uh appreciate it and uh oh yeah benzinga is about 95 people here but we, we really are looking for people that are passionate about this space and not everyone is so um dave folks even if you don't have an e-trade account write in and say I would open an E-Trade account if Benzinga News was there. I don't know if you guys ever go into Ameritrade, but like, check this out before I, I got to, I got to answer this over in a second, but watch this guys. I'm going to stop sharing my, well, you can see my Benzinga Pro. That's Benzinga Pro that you guys are looking at. Here's the a news feed. Um, I got to work with Bert on some stuff with the news feed today. Um, here are signals. Let's, that's Benzinga Pro here, real-time news. But let's just, like, go to this, Signals. I built this thing. So look at that. I can do highs, 52-week highs, day highs. It gives me, look at that. Look at that. See, right there. Didn't we just talk about ENG? I didn't put that in there. So this stuff comes to me. I don't have to do anything. Do you like this feature? If you say no... Wait, I hit this link here. Oh, Bert, what do I do? Do you like this feature? I, I'm, I don't know. I can find that out. Halt, resume. It's all right there. Um, if we spoke in person, you'd see the fire in my eyes. Understand the great. Um, Wimpy, you don't need to be a trader. Pe people do send me their stock trading accounts and show me the returns. I'm not interested in that, to be honest. Like, I'm not interested in your trading ability. I'm interested. Are you, a, you know, do you visit development? Can you take a product from zero to execution? Can you help lead people? Can you um, make relationships? Can you make our Twitter have more interesting content? That's what I'm interested in. Okay. So that's, you know, that's just, um, you know. hey, Luke, what's a, what's um, a whim today? A whim. ASAN. A-S-A-N, Asana. Yep. I Oh, Asana. That's one of my... Okay, guys. Here's what I'm going to do for you guys right now. Watch this, guys. Okay? Hold on. Don't hang up on me yet. All right. Stop. Remove. Stop share. Now share my screen. Stop share. Watch this, guys. This is Ameritrade. You guys know Ameritrade? Okay. Hopefully you do. TD Ameritrade. All right. Let's zoom in. Let's zoom in. All right. Don't leave. Stay in just for this one thing. Got to show you this. All right. All right. So here's Ameritrade, guys. But 
look at Ameritrade. So Asana's up 5% today. Do you see that thing up there? It says, why is it moving? Asana shares a train higher. The company reported better than expected sales and issued Q1 sales above estimates. That is provided by Benzinga. This is news we're providing. So if you want to go view more stocks that are moving, it should change. Hold on. Let's see if the window updated. Uh, I think you're behind. Okay, there we go. So if you want to see more stocks that are moving, you see like this is all our our news headlines. This is called Why Is It Moving? This is our WIMS product. So if you're to be on our team and you're in business development, you'd be working with other brokerages to say, hey, do you want to license Benzinga's WIMS? Or you would be the guy on the news desk publishing this stuff, reaching out to OGI to see why their stock is stock is up. That's the kind of stuff we need people that are like, so Mosaic shares are trading higher if the company raises dividend. Or let's say, for example, that one stock today was up. Um, I forget the stock we were talking about, but, you know, they were talking about an Atlas and Ripster. You would go find that and you would publish it. Like, we write this stuff. We are a newswire. Match Group shares are trading higher in sympathy with Bumble, which gained after Q. This is what we do. This is So you're on Ameritrade. We're powering a lot of the news there, right? And so um, that's like... Um, so if I went to news, she got Market Watch Benzinga. See that? And then there's a Benzinga article. So we want more people on our content desk publishing article, uh, publishing content, and um, then you see Benzinga on the right side. That's our business. Okay. So, oh my God. So you do not have to be in the Detroit area, but you have to be a doer. So if you want to host a video show. Send a YouTube clip, record a five minute thing and why you'd be good. If you're wanting to be a content writer, go to Benzinga.com, look at some of our articles and then send a few samples of what you would write. OK, don't again, don't spend too long on it and email us at cooljobs at Benzinga.com or powerhour at Benzinga.com. And that is it. And I, I'm going to transfer you over to crypto now. Um, I have a marriage of the news. OK. Um, what is Internet Explorer saying? Uh, it would be great to have a weekly, two times a weekly show with a top. Um, yep, yep, yep. Internet enforcers, consistency is key. I, I again, I've tried to hire you to come on to uh, lead this video stuff, but you're too busy. I get it. Um, anyway, um, I will talk to you later. No, I, I, Gavin, we probably wouldn't be um, the the right thing. You know, the PMP certification is not like it would be that would be more for industrial or more for a larger company. This is Benzinga is more for like if you're like it's project management, but it's you need like you need to have bruises from other places is what I would say. And scrappy. I don't I mean, maybe you could be good. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's not necessarily the thing that could help us. We look, we look for doers. I wasn't given a chance at one time when I wanted to go work at a hedge fund. And so we, um, you know, so I like to give people chances that are true doers that are driven like that will get up at five in the morning and work to five or eight o'clock at night. You know what I mean? Um, all right. So Muddy Waters tweets, XL not deny much, still spectra. XL den deny aggregation pipeline over half, you know, so that's Muddy Waters tweeting that, okay? So XL, I'm going over XL right now using Ameritrade. Here are the Benzinga article, technical levels to watch. So if you go on Benzinga, we write this stuff in a very easy way. So you keep asking about 
um, you know, uh, Excel, check this out right here. Here's the technicals on Excel. Um, so Thuk KK, funny you should ask that. Benzinga's news is not currently in Schwab. So, you know, we're cur- we're not um, we're cur- we're not in um, Schwab. It's one of the few places we're not. So what I will ask for you guys to do is to send an email to Schwab saying we love Benzinga news. We love Benzinga data. We love it. Send them an email. Go on their site. Hit the support us, the contact us, and then send me send us a screenshot at powerhour um, at benzinga.com powerhour at benzinga.com with your name and town and image of that thing to Schwab and we'll get you some Benzinga swag it'll be a t-shirt a track jacket or a hat or whatever we're and we need your size but the more people that can send to Schwab even if you don't have an account that could help us again Benzinga is not just about us it's about you guys for us to improve we need more distribution. We need more of these partners. So it'll help you because you'll be using Benzinga and have access to news first, et cetera. So again, for us, by us, for us, by us, for us, by us, we need uh, your help in all the stuff. Ameritrade's great. And um, here are the ratings. Um, I can show you more places, but all right, guys, head over to the crypto show. Uh, we're late to it. I'm getting yelled at. Thank you for stopping by. Like and subscribe. Um, who do you contact at Schwab? If you go to schwab.com, um, you'll see like a contact us or support questions, like hit that. You'll, you'll find something and say, you would love to see news added, send screenshots. We need like, we need like a hundred of you guys to do that. Um, feel free to tweet to Schwab. I don't know, whatever. Um, internet enforcers. I know what you're going to say. Link to more video on Benzinga. Okay. 10 to 15 million uh, internet enforcers. Come on, come to Detroit, make shit happen. All right. I got to go. And uh, I think this will turn over. How do I transfer this over? Aaron Bree, are you still listening? Yeah, it, it's set to do it automatically. So as soon as we end the stream, it'll pop up to give you the option to click over to the crypto show, which you're uh, yelling. At, you're like yelling in my ear, man. What? You're like yelling in my ear. You're low. Oh, about that. I didn't, I, I'm just using the, my mic on the MacBook. So I guess it picks it up pretty sensitive yeah it's so sensitive it's a sensitive beam but you're a good man you're a good man you're a good man charlie brown all right so so when we hit end broadcast it'll transfer over let's see because i have my thing okay guys we're transferring over to crypto thank you spread the word on twitter to check out benzinga and um yeah no aaron's not an asshole he's amazing donald so uh, some guy is calling you a name. I, I love it. <laughs> you, can't get, you can't get anything. You can't, you can't get anything. Yeah, you can't win them all. You can't win them all over, you, right? You, you can't win them all. All right. So, and then, uh, Aaron, I sent you a thing in the chat thing. So, will you check it out? Yeah, about ENG or? Yeah. Aaron, by the way, they don't, they, they don't know that. Oh, Donald's calling me the asshole, not you, Aaron. So, you're, you're, you're safe for that one. Okay. Um, they don't know when you're talking to me, we're on a different software than what they're listening to. So that's why I was yelling in my ear, you know? So, um, so, Ryan Rose, Ryan in the comments. We're going to be live with Ryan today at 5 PM Eastern. We're doing our after hour show. Inter- this Zach team, it's made an interesting observation. I got to check this out on, uh, trade zero and, I- and IBKR. All right, I'm um, ending the broadcast. Time for crypto. All right, you you the man, you the man. See you later. And I guess 
me not be the asshole. You're the good man. And then, by the way, get that stuff with Jack Hurley's a separate clip. It was good stuff. All right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.